This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Discover all of our shows at slashandcast.network. Hey, I'm all about it. Not that I actually want to see like an old man dick. I don't, but... Hello and welcome to the Conjecture and Horrors podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey guys. Oh, <laughs> no, what no. that? No, that's and I'm your right. and I'm your host Rob, who's who just shit his pants. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> nobody can click their tongue at me ever again uh, after this movie this week. You know. <laughs> Do you oh. know that? Uh, fun fact: I'm jumping in quick, but uh, oh, apparently Millie Shapiro, the actress, she added that herself she thought that that would be like a really, really crazy ad no way yeah for real really mm-hmm. that's what that's so crazy though because it's like it pays off oh you know at the third half of this movie yeah mm-hmm. so that's crazy to be like she added it and then you know ari aster the director was like oh we're like we're using that later for this yep. scene. you know whatever but uh wow that's but i'm so annoyed because i do that noise at the peak of my thinking you know everyone has a little uh fidgets and and you know things that they do when they're thinking i look up to the left or something and at some point i go but now i, I can't hear that and not think about this movie so you do look up to the left when i look at your zoom box you do that every week yeah i'm yeah, accessing hmm. some part of my brain i don't know there's a yeah. scientific hmm. explanation somewhere in there sometimes there's like a little cr- there's like a little crown floating above your head it's kind of weird <laughs> but, uh, yeah i don't know greg he might be a what's his name in this movie pagan pagani uh, oh no Albert yeah, Hulls, what's his name panini's back panini oh panini i like that. that's a good never there we go i got i got i got our i got our rating tonight already uh oh, shit. uh okay but how are you guys doing tonight uh we're in the gold room of course how's the gold room going is anybody clicking their tongue in there <laughs> it's a little chilly i asked uh lloyd to bring in some space heaters i think he'll be back in a few minutes um i think we'll be all right oh that's true Cur- oh Cur- why up, are we uh, spending the night Oh, I get it now. Laura, Laura doesn't know what's going on. Where right are now. you? Laura thinking about paninis. <laughs> She's hungry. <laughs> I was like, why would the gold room be cold? But no, yeah. I get it. You get it. You, get it. you okay. can cook the paninis on the space heaters. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay. I can't get them all, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you guys don't know already, we're doing 2018's Hereditary. I don't know how you would know by our conversation. It like was kind of random, but uh, uh, yeah. there's no there's no paninis in the movie. Uh, so what are you guys wearing tonight? What do you got going on? What, what's going on, Laura? I am dressed as Charlie. She wears, um, in the few scenes that she's actually in, she wears like this burnt orange sweatshirt. So I'm actually wearing our uh, Conjecturing one-on-one merch sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a light red color. And then she wears her little collared shirt underneath. And I have a headless fuzzy bird that I'm oh just goodness. gripping, <laughs> gripping wow. to my chest. I love this little birdie. And uh, I'm eating chocolate. I got chocolate all over my mouth. <laughs> Got a big chocolate bar. I'm ready to go. Uh, no nuts. You, no nuts. You, uh, no you, nuts. You don't like nuts. Okay, good. Oh, oh. Can't yeah. do the nuts. Okay. All right. No, no comment. <laughs> Greg, Greg, don't set me up like that. Greg, come on. <laughs> don't do that, Greg. <laughs> uh, you, you love, you love the that bird so much that you decided to cut its head off. That's how much you love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. You know? Now it can't fly away. Yeah. Well, it do was already you, dead. So. Oh, do you love the bird more or nuts? Which one do you love more? 
Oh, no comment. No comment? Okay. That's a, that's a perfect response for a podcast. Are you asking me or are you asking Charlie? I'm not answer. asking a child that question. No. Oh, okay. All right. No. Uh, then I'll, yeah, I'll take nuts over a dead bird. Sure. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. You know. Uh, okay. Uh, Greg, what do you got going on tonight? What are you wearing? You got you got some nuts? <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> here. I'm dressed as Peter. I've got, you know, my street clothes. Actually, my, my grave rave um, conjecturing shirt underneath with my uh nice. with, with sweatshirt and i also am sporting a broken nose today uh it's Aww. not real it's not real of course but uh no. you know it's it's a theme in this movie and then i've got my little crown which i you know <laughs> shamelessly took from my son you know my son had his birthday last weekend and he, he got one of these um kind of colorful crowns um uh, adorning it tonight it's a cultist crown t- today wow that's pretty crazy you you look just like peter it's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty creepy yeah it I don't is know. creepy i don't know maybe i'm getting I am him who knows I'm getting, oh i'm getting a little scared well are you peter <laughs> or are you payment is it paymon payman payman paymon jimmy, jimmy paymon oh oh yeah it's jamaican yeah. he's not he's not jamaican he's, he's clearly jamaican he's a jamaican deity yeah there he's a go. jamaican pagan oh there we go he's a jim all right we're gonna we're gonna get in trouble you guys come on we're gonna get in trouble tonight and i'm not even the one saying it oh my goodness laura what is happening right now uh so for for, for me i i'm also sporting the theme like laura i got chocolate bar i'm eating chocolate too i i decided to eat through the wrapper uh i'm kind of working my way through that uh but i'm also wearing one of our conjecture shirts i finally decided to bring it out because i thought it was fitting for this movie it's our uh f- fuck movie tropes don't kill pups uh t-shirt we have because nice this, this fucking movie they they kill a dog in the last like five minutes of the movie and it's it's so not needed there's no need to show that dog dead in like a little patch of grass it's just useless by that point in the movie you're already hating these people and what's happening why does that add anything to this movie so yeah fuck movie tropes stop killing pups uh you know hashtag or whatever we're doing there but uh yeah uh so if anybody wants to check out this merch check our picks you got to check out instagram and twitter at conjecturing pod and merch store tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturing pod so let's see now what we're drinking tonight speaking of chocolate sweets uh what do we got going on tonight laura we are drinking a charlie's chocolate paymontini that's a mouthful that's a mouthful of nuts right there there you go oh Uh, It is made with chocolate liqueur, vodka, Baileys, and some chocolate syrup. Um, and obviously, we picked this because we see Charlie eating a lot of chocolate. And supposedly, Paymon loves his sweets, and people offer sweets oh, to him. Really? Obviously, who like believe in him? Yeah. Wow. It's like I the didn't... most common offering. I didn't know that. I can't wait till we get to the actual movie review because I have questions about like Charlie and pay- Chocolate pay- Factory. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Yeah. Was Paymon and Oompa Loompa? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Uh, <laughs> um uh so so good drinks uh greg did you make the drink tonight are you tasting it you got some nuts in your mouth plenty of nuts plenty Chalk, of nuts. you know just a mouthful it's it's very tasty a little saltier than i thought they would be but um oh. you know sweet you know the sweetness and the saltiness go good together well come on you, you got to know one-on-one man you got to rinse those nuts before you put them in your mouth oh god yes come please on, please and, yeah no you don't want salty ones you got to rinse them off Greg. come on <laughs> at least get a little dabble cloth and a little, little wipe come on Come on, Greg. That's nuts. That's nuts. One hundred and one. <laughs> it is. It is a tasty drink. I will conclude that. Yes. Okay. okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay. 
<laughs> let's move on. Let's move on before Laura falls off her chair. Okay. Uh, so let's get to some show notes, updates real fast. So I'll just remind everybody listening, uh, if they like our show, to please rate, review our podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to it on. Uh, uh, I don't think we have any listener comments, questions, anything like that. Uh, do we have any, any updates from previous shows? Last week we did our Pick Your Poison segment. It was oh. uh, what Laney, Laney Dolphin was on, Dream Expert, kind of went into our minds a bit uh you know do you guys have anything follow-up from that do you have any more dreams i definitely have a follow-up uh again just need to thank her because for me personally i have had a dream every single night since we talked to her and what's happened is is that i immediately wake up and what i've been doing is as soon as i wake up and this could either be middle of the night if, if i wake up from the dream or in the morning i just explain my dream to myself in one sentence and then what I do is, is that I kind of do what she did. I pick out words I use and I'm like, oh, I'll apply whatever I said to what's happening in my life. And I'll be like, oh, that's exactly why I had that dream then. Even if it's so different from what's actually happening. And mm-hmm. so I've been waking up with such clarity every morning and being like, oh, clearly I need to like think about this today and like work on it. Oh, it's just been, I don't know. It's been really helpful for me. So again, I, I hope it, I hope it's been helpful for others. Yeah, anyone who uh, hasn't listened to that episode, definitely give it a listen. It's um, it's fantastic. I was so glad that we that we brought her on, and she was so informative and kind and willing to, uh, you know, explain her expertise with us. Yeah, I mean, me, me, you know, for a little behind the scenes here, me and Greg like hung out last night. We had our kids' little play day. They were playing with each other. They, they did a rave at one point. It was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, they're like, what are they, three and four, like that, Greg, right around that, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know if I was going to talk about this on the pod, but I might as well talk about it. Uh, so I had a dream uh, after the interview, which you we, had a dream. If, yeah, she if you, said you would. If you listen, she was right. Yeah, if you listen to the episode, I literally was like, I don't have dreams. Like, you know, I really don't. Um, but I had one, and then I broke it down, like you said, Laura, and kind of how she explains things, and it was clear as day like what this dream meant so exactly yeah i mean i mean pretty much you know me and me and my wife i don't know how i'm gonna explain this uh me and my wife uh, we have one son uh we've we've decided we're not gonna have any more so you know we've come to the you know decision that i'm probably gonna speaking of nuts uh get snipped uh so Um, so, so it's, it's something we've talked about in the past and it was ultimately going to be the decision, but it's come to kind of reality now, you know, my wife told me the other day, like, Hey, you know, like it's probably gonna come up soon. And I hadn't thought about it in, in a while. And so I was, I didn't really want to deal with it because I don't like, you know, medical procedures. I don't really like doctors. That makes me nervous. Something like this. I'm like, I don't really kind of want to do this. So I kind of just pushed it down and I was like, okay, like, all right, if you say so, you know, whatever. And then I go have a dream. And then so what happened in my dream was was me like standing in like some random city. It was dark. And next thing I know, like the sky and the moon start like spinning out of control above my head. You know, that was my dream. Remember the other dream that (laughs) I had? Were you next to me in my dream? Were you there? (laughs) That was the dream I was originally going to be talking to her about. And I ended up picking the other one. Yeah, I told you guys about this. It was the same thing. I was standing like on the ground on mm. grass. Sorry to steal your dream from you. I know. And it was nighttime. <laughs> Although to be fair, I had this dream like decades ago and I still oh, remember okay. it. 
Okay. And I'm standing on the ground and I look up at the sky, I see the moon and then it starts spinning around. Mm -hmm. And then at the, by the end of the dream, the earth had opened up and we all fell into space. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not how my dream ended, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But so I, I took that, like after talking to, to Lainey and everything, I was like, okay, like something in my life is spinning out of control, something mm -hmm. I'm losing control of. So I'm like, okay, that's one thing. And then so my second part of the dream, and I, I hope you weren't here, Laura, this is the part where like a sex scene popped in. And then, so it's like, <laughs> Oh. It was like, uh, you know, <laughs> like nobody was like, nobody had like faces or, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was like, nobody was like a person. So it was more just like, it was eyes wide shut. No, 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 <laughs> no, Tom Cruise wasn't there. No, 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 no. But it was just like, you know, like that type of stuff. And then like, that was it. So like, to me, I put it together of like, yeah, like uh, my something was spinning out of my control and then something to do with reproduction, sex. And then I'm like, oh, clearly like it had to do with me pushing down this this fact of something I'm going to have done. And I'm like, it, it fits so easily as like a one, two punch of like what I was going with. And I'm just like, wow, like right. I never would have thought about that it, before this, before <laughs> we laughed at Laura. I, this must be how you feel. You have said so many things that I want to make a joke, pushing it down a one, two punch, <laughs> getting it in. Doesn't like, I'm trying to set you up, Lauren. You, you, you see, really you, are, but you I, weren't, I, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't biting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, trying so hard not to, yeah, but yeah. I thank you. I respect that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was just crazy. Like after this dream, it was just so clear to me of like what this dream meant and what I was like not wanting to talk about. You know what I mean? Like I was, yeah. I didn't want to deal with it in that moment. So clearly my mind as I was sleeping was like, hey, you need to be aware of this. You need to think about it. You need to realize it because, um, you know, my wife, it's going to happen. So, yeah, um, but, but it's OK. It's OK. You know, if you want to get that one two punch, bro. <laughs> but it was just crazy. So, yeah, if anybody hasn't listened to, you know, the pick your poison segment, the the dream, uh, what do we end up calling it? Uh, dream. Something, what do we end up calling the episode? Spice, spice up, your, up mind. your mind spice up your mind that's what's called spice up your mind so yeah go back and listen to that especially if you have weird random dreams that one you're fearful of or two you don't know what they are listen to it because she really breaks it down like how simple it is to really think about your dreams and how to like break them down to what you're not like afraid of them you know they're just no. part of your mind trying to explain something to you and by the way that was just based on a cursory discussion with yeah. her can you imagine you know buy her book and and really understand how to analyze your dreams i bet you'll get so so much more out of it yeah yeah totally. so it great it was a great episode it was a great episode it was, yeah. yeah uh all right so let's move on let's move on uh so this is laura's movie pick hereditary uh laura so why did you uh make us watch this movie this week <laughs> uh god i don't even know if i can explain it i this is probably another love hate relationship movie for me. I hate how it makes me feel, but I do. I'll admit it straight up. Like, I think this is a great movie. And I think if you're a horror fan, you have to watch this. There's no getting around it. I, I think this is one of those must sees. And I just knew that we had to discuss it. I mean, like it or not, I know Greg was really did not want to do it, really did not want to do it, but <laughs> Sorry, man. We we just have to. That's all I can say. We have yeah, to do it. I hundred percent agree with everything that you just said. Interesting. Everything that I just tried to say could not articulate. <laughs> no, you're right. Like as a, as a horror fan, you can't miss the movie. But it, it's certainly one of the ones where you go. I mean, certainly, I did not want to watch it again just because of the just the content. The and subject it, matter. It, it's very yeah. the subject matter. It's very upsetting. But um, you know, it's, uh, is it a quality movie? Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, I actually have a story about this, so okay. I'll, uh, perfect, I'll bring it perfect. up later. Yeah. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into the movie details more and what we think of it and everything like that in a little bit. But uh, let's do a horror segment of the week here. I think these guys kind of guessed it before we started recording here. They've been a little nervous what I'm bringing to them, what I'm to make them eat chocolate online or something like that. Uh, let's see. Let me get the drop going here. All right, I got a game for you guys this week. I got a game for you guys this week. And this is the game that uh, I, I came up with. Uh, I've been thinking about this game for a couple, maybe a couple months, you know, and it finally just kind of worked its way Ooh. together here. Um, uh -oh. so like Ari Aster to... coming up with his content for just years <laughs> before he makes it. Exactly, exactly. So I got a little clip here to play for you guys, and then we can, get, uh, we can get going here. You, you want to say your name? Say, hello, I'm Robbie. Hello, I'm Robbie. Okay, that was weird. Okay. All right, ready? Okay, so we're going to do a recording for a game. Okay, so do you do you remember opposite game? Mm -hmm. So this is an opposite game game. Okay. Okay. This game is called "Are You Smarter Than My Kindergartner?" You're my kin because you're my you're my son. Kin. Oh. Hereditary. Oh. Family. Oh. Right. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Nice. Ready? Ready for opposite game? Yeah. Okay, these are baselines, just so people, and Greg and Laura, this is for Greg and Laura, okay? So this is for Greg and Laura, so they know that you're good with opposites, okay? Are you ready? Okay, number one, what's the opposite of moon? Sun. Very good. What's the opposite oh. of dark? Light. Very good. What's the opposite of Robbie? Mommy and Dada. Oh, well, that's a good one. What's the opposite of a dog? Cat. Very good. Okay, so that's the baseline. Wow. Okay, so there's a little intro. Wow. Uh, so what we're doing tonight is a game I, I came up with. It's called, uh, you know, Are You Smarter Than My Kindergartner? Uh, <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's about four years old. He's not really in kindergarten, but, you know, he, he's he's getting there close. Uh, and this is a game we play at night sometimes called Opposite Game, where I will randomly give him words and he'll tell me the opposite. He's pretty good at it. Some of them he'll tell me once and I'm like, wow, that's super deep. I can't believe you made that connection. So <laughs> I asked uh, Greg and Laura here to each give me five words uh basic horror words greg's first five he sent me my child wouldn't even have known them i mean greg you were talking about like i don't even know like astral planes or <laughs> your your five first words were so crazy and i was like dude you got to think more basic you know i couldn't tell them what it was for but uh it was no, i think i said funny. adrenaline adrenaline was one of them yeah adrenaline. Were, i'm gonna yeah. explain the word adrenaline to my to my th three and a half year old <laughs> son yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh so yeah so i got these words uh they each picked five so we'll see you know Ooh, uh see cool. who, who can get closest to my son's opposite guest my kin my hereditary nice. child oh uh, so i like it so i can't give lovely. you what my opposite is i have to no, you have think... to match what my three and a half year old thinks the opposite of your word is so what oh wow yeah. okay yeah. so you gotta okay. think like a child and and, that, and that's why i did the baseline to kind of show you that he is pretty good at opposites you mm -hmm. know he is pretty yeah, good that at this was game. amazing yeah so let's get started here so laura yeah we'll just read off laura's uh i'll read off all the words right now so everybody can know right away so laura gave me five words to these are laura's five words laura gave me blood knife scream scary and ghost those are laura's five words uh greg said bat also blood beast bone and boo as like a ghost boo um, so we'll kind of go back and forth a bit. So we'll have Laura go first. So Laura, your first word was blood. So what's your <laughs> guess going to be that my son, my three and a half year old son thinks the opposite of blood is? Shit. I'm already stumped. I know what I would say. 
well, you are an, uh, you know, a middle-aged woman, so I, I hope you know it. <laughs> I'm going to say Band-Aid. Band-Aid. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer, I think. You know? All right. I Wait, like should it. I okay. guess mine because the blood is one of my words, too? No, it's okay. We'll go in order. We'll go in order. We'll go in order. Okay. Okay, okay Laura. So, let's first. Okay, let's see if Laura's going to get a point here. Okay, Laura, let's hear what, uh, what my three-and-a-half-year-old son said, okay? You ready for the first word? Uh-huh. Okay. First word. What's the opposite of blood? Drink your blood. What's the opposite of blood? Drink. The opposite of blood is drink? Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> okay. All right. I love your son to death, but I think I might be smarter than him here. Okay. Well, I, okay. So your son's a vampire. I am yeah. with you there. Yeah, so my my son, for some reason, said the opposite of of blood is drink. So I don't don't know what's up with that. Okay. Very, very, uh, you know, I respect him. Very on point with horror. You know, he respects the pod. So there we go. So Laura, okay, no point for Laura on blood. Okay, Okay. let's go to let's go to Greg now. Okay, so we got Greg now. Greg, your first word was bats. Okay, now question. Did you say bat as in a baseball bat? Or did you say as an animal? I did not specify. Do you want to give me a hint as to which one he <laughs> thought it was? No, I did not. I did not want to give you a hint. No. Sorry. Okay. Speaking of, uh, so blood went to drink. Oh my god, bat probably went to. Uh, how about uh, me? He's gonna say me. He's gonna say me as in like him. Yeah, he's a vampire. He's drinking blood. Oh, oh he's turning okay. into bats. He's gonna say the opposite of, of bat is me. So he's going to the theme already. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, all right. Well, let's. Can I make son. a guess for Greg's? Because I feel like I'm going to be right here. <laughs> go for it. Go for it, Laura. You can give. I it. feel you like have... he said ball. 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 Okay, yeah. that's a good answer. Oh, you're going okay. with the sports theme. Well, yeah. Nice. Oh. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's see what my son said. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Next one. Okay. You ready? These are okay. These are Greg's let uh, words now. Okay. Ready? Okay. Uh-huh. What's the opposite of a bat? Vampire. <laughs> no, the opposite of a bat. Um, witch. Okay, so he's wet. <laughs> He said witch. He said a, a witch. witch. Oh, but at, at, fir- okay. at first, at first, and I didn't catch this until later on when I was editing, he said the opposite of a bat is a vampire. And and I kind of told him on the moment, almost like, no, 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 like, what's the opposite? But actually thinking about it, if you think like a vampire bat, the opposite is like an actual vampire. I'm pretty sure my, my answer alluded to that. I said that no. he was a vampire and he said- <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Sorry, Greg, you said me. No, no just so, sorry. Yeah. No? Okay. sorry, no, 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 no points there, no points there. But uh, yeah. All right, we're tied there still. We there we go. Okay. okay with me. All right, okay. All right, we're back to Laura now. Laura's second okay. word was knife. Okay. okay. Yes. What do you think, Laura? What do you think? I think it's spoon. Spoon? Oh, yeah. Spoon too. I feel like Laura is going to would ace this game if I was asking her these questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see what my son said the opposite of knife is. Okay. Let's see. All right. Next one. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the opposite of a knife? Knife is fork. Fork. Very good. Oh, <laughs> So close. <laughs> so close, Laura. Mm. There was only three, I think, tensile options, and you just, yeah, 50-50 shot, you didn't get it. So. Damn, zero, I feel like I should get points. a half a point for that, though. Zero points. Sorry, zero points, zero points, zero points. There we go. Okay. okay. All right, over to Greg again. So this is blood again. So this is blood again. You know, what do you think Greg is going to say to blood again? Uh, Why is it not drink? You think he's going to say drink again? I think he's going to change it. I, I feel like you're testing me. You're, you're, uh, you're going to trick me. I'm going to say water. He's going to say water. The opposite of blood is water now. Yes. Mm, okay. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's if it's see drink, he's... I'm going to flip see. my keyboard over here. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> get that keyboard ready. They have the same word. Let's see if you have a different answer. What's the opposite of blood? 
Drink. Drink? Ew. That's disgusting. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Drink again. Drink again. Come on. Come on. He's four, Greg. This is terrible. Yeah. There you I go. I can't believe you did zero. that to me. I even predicted it. Zero points. Zero I points again. I walked right Sorry. into that one. There you go. Zero points. Okay. All right, Laura. We're over to you again. Your word was scream. What do you think he mm. said for opposite of scream? Between whisper and laugh. Those are what I'm between. What do I think your son would say? Whisper. Okay, I'm going with laugh. I think he said Rob, the opposite you can't of scream let is laugh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He totally helped me. Laugh. The reaction was okay. very incredulous. Yeah. Oh, no. I just, I just thought whisper was like, I feel like he's never said the word whisper. Like, that seems odd. He's never just come up to you at night and he's, been he's, like, <laughs> he's no, never he, come up to you and been like, hey, how you doing, little mama? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but see, that's the difference. Though, is like he has physically whispered to me, but I don't think he's actually said the word whisper. Well, this is this is what's going to happen. I'm going to throw out a few words, Rob, and then you're going to have to react to each of those. And if he's never said the word, you have to be like, you have to scoff. So oh, okay. I know right, 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 not okay. to choose that word as one of my answers. Okay, okay I'll I'll do the next time. And I got I got to go. Okay, okay, all right, all right, Laura, you ready? Okay, let's see the opposite yeah. of scream. You ready for our next one? Okay, what's the opposite of scream? Yeah. Is what? Wait, wait, wait. What's the opposite of scream? Yell. The opposite of scream is yell? Uh -huh. That's not the same thing? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> okay. Ah. <laughs> All Did right. you see that one so coming? Did you're, you're Did keeping, you? Okay. So now you're keeping these in because he sounds hella cute. Yes. Whoa, I mean, come but on. I'm you know. sorry. This is like... <laughs> This is not working out. The opposite okay. of the opposite of scream is clearly yell, and then you have to make. If you would have made a screaming yell like him, you would have got a point, Laura. So you should have just screamed here, yelled. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one. Next one. So it's all zeros. And nobody's got a correct answer yet. So uh, you have waited and waited all of these weeks to get back at me for the identity <laughs> game. That's what this is. That's what That's this is. That's yeah. what this is. That's okay. what this is, Laura. Right. Yeah. You had me yelling and screaming. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next word, we got third one here. Okay. Greg. Just, uh, what, Greg? Can, can we go back to blood? You told him to do a different <laughs> answer and he straight up defied you. How did I you swear. let him defy you? No, I didn't. He's just, he's his own person. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell him what he's supposed to say, you know, and these were all one takes too. I didn't edit any of this stuff really. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Greg's third word. This might have been the toughest word beast. Does he know what that is? That, nope. that was, that was nope. this is well, a tough one. Know. Yeah. Did you have to explain it to him? I'm not going to so, divulge. I'm just going to scoff it, at it. Okay. It could be, it could be a number of answers. It could be, um, you know, animal, Rob. Uh, it could be uh, man. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> you're the, the one that gave me the, you're the one that gave me the fucking word, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say he thinks the opposite of beast is, Tree. <laughs> Tree. <laughs> That's worse than most of his answers. <laughs> well, right, Rob, I'm sorry, but we don't really know. I mean, your kid's kind of off the rails right no, now. That's true. I know, that's true. That's true. I mean, you you you, you sold him as a, as pretty like consistent and you know beyond his years yeah. before we started. But then I don't know, man. I don't know, man. He's he's coming. Yeah. From the, he's coming from the dreamline. He's coming from the dreamscape. Yeah. It's funny how you gave us the quote unquote baseline. baseline that was not right? a baseline. <laughs> I also didn't give him like these these words that he's probably never heard before. So, you know, give him a little bit of a break. Uh, okay. All right, all right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Let's see what his answer was for beast. What's the opposite of beast? Do you know what a beast is? What? what is, do you know what a beast is? A beast is like a, like an animal or like a monster. So what's the opposite of a beast? 
Monster. No, no, the opposite of a beast. Bye. What? Silly. The opposite of a beast is silly? Mm -hmm. I don't, how does that even work? <laughs> I love to play. Oh. Beasts don't like to play? Of course they do. They do? Well, then that's the of same. Course they do. What's the opposite of a beast? He <laughs> just got told. He just got oh, told. Goodness, of course they love to play. Okay. Haven't you seen oh, Monsters Inc.? Well, a beast is like an animal. So, what's the opposite of an animal? Um, oh, my God. Cheeky. Is what? Tree. Tree. What's that mean? Cheeky means it's like a happy birthday. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're <laughs> never going to get that one. Okay. <laughs> he said tree, tree. He said tree, tree. <laughs> I am. He had a uh, he had multiple answers for that one. None of them were tree. He said a, a cheeky happy birthday. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, sorry, Greg. Definitely, he didn't say tree out of all the things he said there. So I heard uh, tree tree, but you know, you heard tree tree. Oh, okay, sorry. What were, you, what were you losing it over, Laura? What were you saying? Stop the Royal. Stop the tape. Because like none of this is making any sense. But then when you're like, no, he goes, of course it is. And it's yeah. like, and sounded... monsters can be silly. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. Sounded so adult in that one moment. Yeah. It was really cute. Yeah, that, that's why as oh. much as you guys are like, the, these these baseline was ridiculous, but I'm like, he, he has like, what is it called? Uh uh conviction in these words. These are fucking yeah. opposites. He's you know supremely what I mean? confident that <laughs> monsters can be silly. He's just so ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting right, to right. notice that he maybe is straying from opposite, and I think maybe for the next few ones, like mm. you might need to yeah, go. Yeah, the so. mildly similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's up to you guys to make that that distinction of what you. All I'm asking is, what do you think he's gonna say? You know. Yeah, that's. I should have said real that. Hard. <laughs> I should have called hard. it. I shouldn't have called it opposite game. I should have just said, "What's what's my son gonna talk about?" <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Where are we at next? Here we got three. So we're up to Laura's fourth one here. We're at scary. All right, Laura, what do you think he's going to say for scary? You know what? I think he's going to say silly. You say silly? Okay. Yeah. The opposite of scary I mean, is he silly. Drink. I guess he could repeat silly. I don't think the opposite of scary is silly, <laughs> I but I heard him say <laughs> know, it, and now I'm kind of thinking that that's think, what he's yeah, going to say. Okay. All right. Let's 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 hear what he said to the, that opposite. Let's hear it. What's the opposite of scary? Scary is feeling. Wait, 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 wait. What's the opposite of scary? Feelings. Wait, stop doing kisses. The opposite of scary is feelings? Uh-huh. Okay, so he said feelings. <laughs> is that what you said, Laura? Did you say feelings? That is exactly what I said, actually. Yeah, oh, okay. You said, I said silly. silly feeling, feelings. Oh, Sillings, silly. Silling feelings. Oh. I feel like you're trying to be a Greg right now. I'm trying to get, get your way into a point, but I'm not going to give it to you. Sorry, okay. You didn't get I that don't one. Think there's any way to get a point in this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my son and we are one and the same. We don't like you guys to win. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the first tie. <laughs> you guys are getting pwned by a three and a half year old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. Let's look at Greg here. Greg number five. You said bone, Greg. So what do you think he's going to say to bone? We are nailing this answer. Oh man. It is going to be skeleton. Skeleton? Okay. He's going to say yeah. skeleton. Yeah, I would agree. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Okay, let's hear what he said to bone. What's the opposite of a bone? Bone is dinosaur fossil. That You're right. That is a bone. But what's the opposite Ooh. of a bone? Opposite of bone is chickadee. What? Chickadee is a bone. A bone is like what's in your elbow. Remember your elbow? Mm -hmm. Your elbow? Genie. What's the opposite of your bone? Oh, jello. Jello? Jello's the opposite of a bone? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's interesting. I love that. 
Oh. <laughs> Greg, did you guess Jello? No, you didn't guess Jello. No, but I do love that answer. That is a fantastic. Oh, that is really cute. That's a good answer. That is Jell-O a good answer, right? Is indeed the opposite. See, of the see right, right when you guys uh, go left, he starts going right and giving you decent answers again. So I don't know what you're gonna do here, but at the end, uh, all right, we got a zero to zero still, zero to zero. Me and my son are the winner right now. Uh, so we got Laura's uh, last one here. Laura, you said ghost. What do you think he's going to say to ghost? God, I think he's going to go similar again on this one. I think he's going to say like witch or pumpkin. Something has to do with Halloween is my guess. Um, okay. Fuck. He's not, he's definitely not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if he gets either of those, can I get the point? I mean, you got to toss us a bone here at some point, right? Um, yeah. Uh, maybe the last ones I'll give you guys two options. Okay, Larry, what was it? Witch and pumpkin? That's Witch what you're gonna guess. Witch and pumpkin. Yeah. Witch and pumpkin. Okay, all right. Witch and pumpkin. All right. Okay, I'll give you two, and then I'll give Greg two for his last one too. To be fair. All right. Awesome. All right. Let's let's hear what he said for ghost. You ready? Uh huh. What's the opposite of a ghost? Mm, vampire. The opposite of a ghost is a vampire. Mm-hmm. The opposite. Mm-hmm. Why is the go- why is a vampire opposite of ghost? Because it's good. Because what? And it's healthy. It's healthy? Mm-hmm. Which one's healthy? It's healthy. A, wait, a ghost is healthy? Uh-huh. And what's a vampire? Not healthy. Not healthy? Okay, well, there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! I was on the right path! You were so close. Oh, Laura, you gotta push up on your nutrition. I should have known he's already been talking about vampires. Mm-hmm. By vampires. the way, I'm looking at Greg's last one, and this is going to be the point. Greg, you think so? Yeah, I think Greg's gonna get this. <laughs> All right. Well, I think your... <laughs> it's obvious what your son is gonna say. You think so? I don't. Yeah. Okay, by this track record, I don't know, but uh, okay. He said I, a I ghost. Think he, a I ghost think you've got healthy, this, so. Greg. Come on, Greg. Okay. One of us has to be smarter than a three and a half year old. Okay, <laughs> you got this. All right, Greg. So Greg's word was boo, as in like a ghost. A ghost says boo. This is tough. So if 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 ghost went to vampire, I, I'm I'm playing the com- the comparison game. Boo is to ghost as oh, what is to vampires. Wow, so we're going I, we're going SATs now. <laughs> I'm gonna say vampires uh, say like Dracula. He says ah ha ha ha. No, hmm. Greg, yeah. no. So, can so I, you're can gonna I say please laugh? help you? It's like a laugh. It's like ah, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. like a count. You know the the count from Sesame Street. Please, Greg. Please. Don't. Like, okay. Then. Well, he thinks the opposite of ghost is vampire. So mm-hmm. okay. So that's your one guess. I'm giving you two All guesses. Right. So one is laugh, some form mm-hmm. of laughing. And what's going to be your second uh, one? Yeah, the next one's going to be a little bit simpler. I think my optional answer is going to be hi. Mm. <laughs> just, just hi. He's just going to say a hi. very jovial hi. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's okay. see how this All goes. Right. See how this goes. What do you think, Laura? I'll give you a guess, Laura, for the hell of it. I still think he's going to say ghost. I think he's going to go same path. He's going to just say what he's just going to say ghost. Yeah. You think so? Okay. And you don't think I would correct that right away? Well, you haven't corrected him on any of these <laughs> other ones. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, here we go. Let's let's hear if uh, my corrections start now. Let's listen. Oh, I got one more. What's the opposite of boo? You know, a ghost says boo. Mm-hmm. What's the opposite of boo? What's the opposite? What's a ghost can say that's opposite of boo? Ooh. Oh, that's the opposite? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. So he just made... What? He just made... said boo, but he just elongated okay. it. No, he said what also a ghost says. So yeah, I think said, I should actually says, get the point because I said yeah. ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just going to be a zero zero. Nobody wins oh, this game. Oh man, we are dumb, Laura. Me and uh, me and my son apparently win. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's good no game. more. Good That's game. It. Good Bye. answer. Good answer. <laughs> GGs. GGs. There you go. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, sorry guys, no winner, no winner this week for this game. Uh sorry. Me and my son, uh, you know, he was just too smart for us guys. He was too smart for everybody. He's on a different <laughs> wavelength, you know. Well, he is your kin. He is your kin. Yeah, so. he's my kin. Yeah, he's my kin. So uh here's a little outro from him for you guys. All right, well, that's all the words. You wanna say bye? Bye. 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 <laughs> say thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Oh, sweet. so sweet. Although he did sound a little like a like a goat in there at one point. He's like, bye. <laughs> He's, <a goat>? okay. <laughs> He's the oh, cutest man. goat I've ever seen. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But but good game, you guys. Good game. Good try. You know, maybe I can uh, try to bring it back uh, another day and get him a little bit on point. You know, need to break that tie. For gotta sure. get some. Gotta get some quality control going on with that game. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, yeah. You know. Great. Let's be honest. I had a chance with blood, with with blood. It was drink. It was drink. But I decided to use reverse psychology and, of course, as always, overanalyze the situation. I missed my W on that one. For yeah, sure. I mean, Laura had it with knife. She said spoon. It was fork. Like it was uh-huh. right there. It was right. That was your one where I'm like, okay, maybe she'll get this one. But uh, you forked it up, yeah, Laura. You, you forked, forked it up. up. Oh, yeah, Greg. Yeah. I mean, go. he spoon fed you that answer for sure. Oh I don't know shit. Why. <laughs> But you know, oh, good that's game. funny. Good that's game funny. Boy. Yeah, good game. Good game. You know, I don't know. I mean, we all got kids. You know, maybe, uh, maybe Laura can do the same game with her five-year-old daughter. <laughs> She's gonna give probably better answers. You know, I like really want to go wake her up right now. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just don't. Just don't put kerosene on her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, that went dark. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sp- speaking of kerosene, uh, let's get to the movie this week. Uh, so now it's time to let's eat our cake. Let's eat our cake, everybody. Yeah. 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 Let's eat our cake. Oh, I sounded like a sheep. What? I know what's happening. <laughs> All right. So the, you get an allergic reaction to your to your comment. Rob. I know. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so the movie like, so we're doing this week is Hereditary, uh, 2018 film, director Ari Aster. Um, you know, this was his feature debut as a movie. Then, of course, he went and did Midsommar, uh, which we reviewed back on episode 20 of our pod. Uh, so budget of this movie, $10 million. Uh, so pretty good budget. I think it's a pretty standard budget, especially for a first-time director uh, kind of making his own movie there. Uh, box office, this made $80 million. So this cleaned up in the box office. You mm-hmm. know, and, and it must have just been on trailers alone because I mean, this is a guy that's never made a motion picture before. So, you know, um, that's pretty cool. Uh, do you want to do interesting facts, Laura? Okay, I have quite a few facts here. Uh, so with Hereditary, Ari Aster wanted to make a film about suffering that took suffering seriously. And then other notes that I read about, about Ari Aster was just, was that he had this entire film playing out in his head, plus novels and novels of character development for two years prior to making this movie. Um, And he told the cast that it was actually gonna be a family drama, but in his mind, it would start that way and then obviously end as like a full-blown nightmare, which it for sure did. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Yeah. This script actually reflects a real life incident from 2004 in Marietta, Georgia in which uh, John Kemper Hutcherson, I had never heard about this until I just read this today, uh, accidentally decapitated his childhood friend and passenger named Frankie Brome, I think I'm saying that right, on a telephone pole after Brome had leaned his head from the vehicle to relieve the symptoms of his inebriation. (laughs) And Hutcherson, just like this movie, then drove home with Brome's headless corpse in the car and fell asleep until a passerby walking with his toddler 
noticed <laughs> oh. Rome's body still in the truck the next morning and notified authorities. So this Whoa. legit fucking happened. Yeah. Wow. Dang. That's crazy. I mean, have you guys ever like put your head out the window like that for any reason at all? Maybe when maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, like, maybe, I don't so know. <laughs> I'm like, what story do I tell that doesn't sound bad? I mean, I think <laughs> like I recall being at a bachelorette party where I was not driving. We had like an Uber, but we were all kind of sticking our head out like, woo, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> a little more pleasant than uh, what happened in this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've done it like as a child. Like when you're a child, you do it for like fun, you know. What What about you, Greg? You ever put your head out? Well, the yeah. I mean, you you you. You're like the, you know, you get into the dog situation where, you know, you just like to look out and feel the breeze. You don't, you don't go full extension, you know, way out there, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. Everyone's done some, some permutation of sticking their head out the window at some point. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, if anybody listening, if they ever do it again, keep an eye out for telephone poles. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else you got, Laura? Yeah. So moving on, I found this really interesting. Uh, apparently, Tony Collette had told her agent that she didn't want to do any more heavy, dark films and only wanted to, to do comedies. But she loved the hereditary script so much she couldn't turn it down. So that's really interesting to me because she she does have a past. I've seen a lot of her movies like Sixth Sense, Changing Lanes in her shoes, Little Miss Sunshine, which was kind of dark. It was like a dark mm, comedy. That, she was really good at that. Yeah, uh, the dead girl, Fright Night. She was in Krampus, which I never saw, but she definitely does the darker movies very, very, very well. And to to literally say you don't want to do one anymore, to then doing Hereditary, which <laughs> I would argue is maybe the darkest horror movie darkest. I've ever seen, I just think is crazy. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the only thing I really can recall from her since then is Knives Out. Which yeah. uh, I guess that's better. Like that's definitely more of a comedy, but still has kind of a dark subject matter that they're joking about. So I, yeah. I think she just has a thing with it, you know, and she just won't admit it. Well, it lends <laughs> to her range. She has such a range. Yeah. You know, and I feel like if you're in a comedy or if you're, I don't know, I, I think horror and suspenseful drama lets you, you know, um, reach out and, you know, kind of show that range. And she definitely has it. Yeah. yeah, she's just yeah. good at it. She's good at this oh, type yeah. of mm -hmm. role. And so, yeah, I mean, it would have been sad to have somebody else in that role other than her. And my last fact, and this is just something we love to hear about people who really like lean into their characters and acting and kind of the more of the stunts they want to do. But in an interview, Alex Wolf, um, he plays the son. He explained that he wanted to actually break his own nose for the scene where his character slams his head into a desk. I mean, I've I've read articles actually where he has said that he went into a pretty dark place filming this movie. I think it's pretty common with actors who do movies like this. I mean, Keith Ledger said the yeah. same thing when he was filming The Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, and he stuck but, his head out the window. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Oh, wow. Oh, he that's did. True. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he went full extension for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, he made it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, I mean, the fact that he, like, wanted to break his own nose is pretty extreme to That's me. intense. Luckily, the director, Ari Aster, respectfully declined that offer and told Wolf they'd give him, like, a soft cushion desk for the scene. But when it was time for the scene to be shot, Wolf slams his head into the desk only to discover that the top was foam, but the bottom was hard. So he actually ended up dislocating his jaw, um, which was a previous injury he had had. But, yeah, oh, wow. he, he got what he wanted. 
he full on hurt himself Damn, in that scene. That's crazy. That's, that's insane. That's, that's crazy because like, I, do you think they use that actual take? Because I I know that the shot when he slams it and his face is on the table, it does look like his jaw is like he looks like sideways. Up. Yeah. And and I thought in the moment of just like, oh wow, that's good. Whatever. Not not special effects, but some kind of a practical effect. Yeah. But dang, I wonder if that's the shot they use of like, dang, his jaw is clearly lo- dislocated. Dang. Well, and especially you're a good actor. And I know this from other injuries I've had. If you have previously had like a dislocation, it's pretty easy to do it again. Hmm. And then it almost like doesn't hurt as much. I don't know if that's oh. the right way to describe it. But I feel like he may have known he did it or not even known that that happened, but just was able to like act through it, which is, Jeez. I mean, God. Yeah, this movie. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, crazy. All right, Larry, you want to do a cast? Yeah. So we have Tony Collette as Annie Graham, uh, Gabriel Byrne as Steve, her husband, Alex Wolf as Peter, Millie Shapiro as Charlie, and we've got good old Ann Dowd as Joan. Talk about an actress who only does dark, heavy shit. I've been watching Handmaid's Tale (laughs) every season, every episode, a character that you just hate. Uh, I also read an interview with her that she did not want to do any more awful roles like she was getting over it too. And apparently when she first read the script for Hereditary, she didn't read long enough into it. You know, she only read the beginning and was like, oh, good. I'm a good character. <laughs> uh, she's like, I'm just helping them connect. With I get to be a nice child. lady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not not I'm raising the devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's so funny because I, I thought she looked familiar, but I couldn't place her. So animated silly, I could totally see Aunt Lydia. Yeah. yeah, wow, that's crazy. All right, Laura, you want to try to do synopsis for this movie? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to do this any justice, but uh, <laughs> this movie is about the Graham family. Um, you know, Tony Collette is the mom. She has two children, her husband, and her own mother recently passes away. And is just filled with secrecy. Like, we don't know anything about this woman, but she was very close to uh, Tony Collette's youngest daughter, Charlie. And basically, what the movie is really about is all of the things that happen after her mom dies, which all are super horrific and uncover a very deep, dark secret about the family that they don't even know about. And we kind of learn as they learn as the movie goes on. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good synopsis, Laura. I like it. I like it. Oh, thank you. Oh man, where do we start, guys? Uh, I don't I mean... know. <laughs> I don't know. This is another reason why I wanted to do my game with my son, like bring a little uh, levity, a little bit of fun to this episode. Because I mean, the the movie itself is pretty dark and fucked up, and so many mm-hmm. messed up things happen. And so I was like, oh, let me get a little bit of fun going here in the beginning. But uh, let's just start with we normally start then. Let's start with the opening setup and then a little bit more of like the family dynamic to start this movie because this really is like a it's really a family drama. Yeah, that, that turns is. horrific. You know what I mean? Um, right, right. So, so, so what do you think, Greg? Like, do you want to talk kind of a little bit about the opening setup, a little bit of the family start of this movie? Maybe the first, you know, twenty minutes, roughly, something like that. Yeah, I think the opening pretty much covers. So you start off going to the grandma's funeral and um you know that you spend the first 15 minutes really understanding that this is just a dysfunctional family um which i think a lot of us can relate to yeah. uh they're they're estranged from the grandma of, again like you said laura i guess she was very secretive about her life her friends and she had these rituals so the cool thing is, is that the family is obviously to me just not sure how to react to her death um you know in terms of feeling heartbroken as 
one might normally feel at the death of a family member, which is interesting. And I, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I remember growing up um, and going to funerals because I was a kid and just by extension, either family or family friends, and you have no having no idea who the person is and you're not really feeling that sorrow or that that despair right. because you don't know who it is. And I feel like everybody in at some point in their life has maybe experienced that. So I thought it was interesting that they they explored that aspect of it. I mean, the dad walked into the son's room and is like, you feeling sad? And he was like, no, nope. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. So that was that was really interesting. And it's like that family dynamic. It's it's it, it's really interesting because you spend a good portion of the movie understanding that they're pretty much broken. They can't talk to each other. Yeah. The mom has issues w with the kid for very specific reasons. Um, you know, uh, with Peter, uh, the, the daughter is Charlie. She's a little bit off putting. She keeps to herself. She has this really weird like vibe. Um, she doesn't really talk to anybody. Peter is, Again, he's like your typical teenager. He's just, you know, slacker, burnout, doesn't really pay attention in class. He's like girl obsessed. He smokes a lot of weed. So he's kind of detached in his own way. And the dad is like, he seems to be <laughs> oh, just man. floating in between everybody. I mean, he's very, he's very ineffectual, you know. Um, it's it's interesting because I and I love how he's a psychologist. Because that alone, I mean, a lot of people think psychologists and, and therapists are the pinnacle of dealing with social and family interactions that's not necessarily the case by no. by putting him in that role it's kind of like a reality check that you know even the people that we consider to be the most skilled or you know experienced at managing personal issues and relationships don't have all the answers and they don't always have it all together so you get bits and pieces just by their interactions um throughout the first 20 minutes of the movie mm -hmm. i thought it was uh, it was great to delve into the family to start off with yeah. yeah. What about you, Laura? Where do you think like the opening set up the uh, family dynamic? Yeah, I don't I don't have much to add to that. Greg, I think, yeah, you just nailed it. Like they're really bad at communicating with each other, which is common. That is how so many people, so many families have this problem. It's a common problem. But yet the way that they portray this family, it's very honest. I mean, like you said, we all have experience knowing a, fa a distant family member that passed away and there's people sobbing at the funeral and you're just kind of like, well, man, I know I'm supposed to love this person. They're a distant relative, but I didn't know them. So I don't feel that sorry. So it's just a lot of things from the get-go are just so honest. And for a family that doesn't communicate well with each other, I felt like every character was being very honest yet still with who they were. Yeah. They weren't good communicators with each other, but all of their personalities, they were laying it all out on the table. And yeah. so you kind of, even if you don't fully agree with them or fully like them, you can relate in some way. And I think when people show that vulnerable people, <laughs> when characters are in movies, if they show that vulnerability, you're kind of like, you're in it, you're in it with them. Like, okay, let's see where this is going. And yeah, I just think that it's important to talk about the family dynamic. Not only is it the main focus of the movie, but it's just something I think Ari Aster is so good at. I mean, he is so good yeah. at just portraying fucked up families. And uh, again, even if you've never been through anything like they have been through, which I'm assuming nobody has been through what this family has been through <laughs> right. come the end of the movie. It, there's just something about them that you can relate to in your own way. Yeah, because I, I read something about Ari Aster and this movie specifically 
about uh kind of like somebody just asked him flat out of like where did you like come up with this like what is this and he said he said a lot of it is based on like a three-year period of him and his family where they literally thought they were cursed oh wow and so uh the and and the guy said like you know do you want to you know talk anymore about it and he was just like no you know now i made this movie so the curse is on everybody so it's like he really didn't want to talk about <laughs> what he did really didn't want to talk about more of like what happened in this three-year period with his family you know but i mean if that's any indication of anything like holy mackerel like and that's one thing i was talking about of like midsommar and like he has like this you know sad to say probably a dark background with something that he was raised in and he puts it in his movies and he it's so on point and you feel it because it's coming from a real place you know what i mean i mean yeah. the greatest you know filmmakers in the world the greatest writers in the world write about what they've experienced whether it is one trying to deal with it or two trying to alter it um so i right. think this nails both of them he's trying to deal with something probably internally and this might have helped him maybe get over something in his own life but also you know he's trying to alter it and change like oh maybe this would have been different if i did something different but uh yeah i mean i agree just the opening of this movie is really fascinating to me uh like i said this movie is like a two hour and eight minute movie it's a, it's a long movie and, and and so like the opening to me, you know, it is 20 minutes. It's the family. It's the dynamic. It's getting to know them and everything like that. But I mean, right away, I mean, I definitely have to point out directing almost right off the bat. I mean, the opening scene, uh, you know, of this movie with the the shot of the what do you want to call it? The little clubhouse or whatever you want to call it outside. And then it pulls back and then it zooms in into a model, like a model. Oh, the diorama. The yeah. diorama. And then and then that transitions into the real room of the sun. Like, man, you're talking like five seconds of a shot. And I'm like, fuck, dope. Like, that was so fucking cool. <laughs> you know, like, like for somebody that I really spot out directing, like cinematography, like creativeness, like, man, right away, I'm like, fuck, that was cool. You know, and that's something too I read about this because it's something I noticed a lot in Midsommar, which we I saw before this, of just he's so creative with his filmmaking and and shot selection and 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 I read something that he says he tries to do things he's never seen in movies before. You know, he doesn't want to do a standard one shot where the camera is just in front of you and it's panning. You know, it's just sitting, you know, looking at a room. He wants the camera moving and and zooming and and things like this because it's something he's never seen. Even the funeral scene. You start the funeral scene, the back of Tony Collette's head, and then it pulls around to the side of her face. She like moves her hair to yeah. reveal herself, and then so it's like the camera's always moving uh, in this movie, and I just. I love the opening because it sets you up right away with like what you're going to see visually and, and of course in the family stuff as well. So it's just so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get into a little bit more of the characters and acting now, you know, um, I mean, we could have a whole discussion on Tony Collette probably, you know, Oh my um, God, a whole episode, <laughs> a whole podcast episode, you know, wow. uh, but do you want to go first, Laura? Do you want to spot out some of the characters acting, anything you loved, anything you didn't like, you know, is there anything that you kind of didn't like maybe? Oh, gosh, I don't think there's any character. Well, I mean, you may not like a character, you may think they're like a bad person, right? That's their character. But no, there was not any mm. acting or any character I disliked. Uh, again, I think Tony Collette is like a goddess. And I don't even think it's I don't even think I'm going to talk about her because she's so perfect <laughs> in this role. Yeah. And like you said, we could talk about her for three hours, we could go till four in the morning on Tony Collette. 
<laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, I, I mean, <laughs> and her character, I guess the one thing I will say about her character is, is um, I, again, it's, it all comes back to the very raw honesty for me. Yeah. You know, her character shows her grief by literally mixing a kind of hobby passion with her work which for her is making these dioramas and actually painting scenes of things that have happened. Yeah. Like she's actually making a diorama of the accident of which her daughter was brutally killed mm -hmm. by becoming decapitated. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, so that was just crazy, but, you know, kind of moving on to the other characters, I thought, um, I thought the dad was great. You know, like you said, Greg, just kind of moved from here to there. I think it does make sense because he is a therapist. You see him really trying to hold it together for everybody. But the actor did a good job of having these little slips here and there. Of You could yes. tell, like, this is 100%. really fucking hard and crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, or like scenes where you can tell he does kind of, I at least saw it as he does kind of believe his wife. So I thought he was great. And then I thought the kids were fantastic. I thought Alex Wolf did a great job. He was the most believable Peter. It's really hard to imagine this cast as any anybody else. And obviously Millie Shapiro, I mean, talk about bringing weird to a weird character. <laughs> she, very talented girl, is all I have to say, because she fucking freaked me out. So <laughs> yeah. I was very scared of her. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, you know, nobody wants to hear any anymore uh. uh after this movie it's so <laughs> and, and uh. yeah and just to hear that like that was her idea that fucking props you know yeah it's fucking cool what about you greg what do you think characters acting anything you want to spot out yeah the interesting thing about the main three to me which is those tony collette gabriel byrne and alex wolf those are kind of the main three for me mm -hmm. i feel like um like tony's method is to be like you said laura very expressive and i feel like that's where her talent is and we, I said this earlier, she has a lot of range. So she's she can be very calm, very rational, and yet very upset and, you know, emphatic at times. Um, and on the other side, I feel like, um, you know, the, the dad and the son, they, they are very, they're the opposite. Like their great moments come, like, like you said, in times where they're breaking or the subtleties in, the, in their body language. Mm -hmm. um, like there, there was that moment where the, the dad comes up to go check on 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 the mom and uh, he says, oh, are you coming down for dinner? And she's like, oh, I'm making dinner. And he goes, no, I made the dinner. I came up to get you. Come stay, whatever you want. I don't give a shit. And he goes downstairs like <laughs> that was his first moment that that he kind of broke because he's trying to be comforting. We haven't even talked about the event that caused her to be upset, but he's supposed to be comforting and nurturing and he's starting to break. And I love him struggling with that. But yeah, when it comes to, I, I just have to point out when it comes to like Tony's scenes, she's just amazing with, with how she, um, with how she expresses herself. The, the first thing that I noticed was, um, uh, what do you call it in the, in the eulogy mm. when she's, you know, like delivering basically the, the speech about her grandma or her mom and that felt very real to me and it wasn't because she was sad or she was a wreck like you would expect people to be when they give a eulogy i mean I, i've been several funerals growing up but it was actually because she didn't have really anything loving to say about her mom and yeah. the way that she said that so i mean oftentimes in eulogies people don't really know what to say except for just observations about the person you know in relation to their relationship to that person like talking about how the person was you know saying something about their mannerisms or the personality and she did this but her cadence and her tone kind of perfectly 
clearly communicated to us as the viewer that she didn't have a close loving relationship with her mother and then in that that very same scene she says something to you know the, the son is is sitting in the front row right during the mom's eulogy and he does this thing where so she mentions that her mom was incredibly stubborn and then she goes, which maybe explains me. You know, people try to make these little small lighthearted jokes. Yeah. And he sort of has this stone cold expression where like he, he simultaneously flutters his eyelids. He's like, <laughs> and that, which is like that unconscious reaction that we have when people are supposed to chuckle at it, you know, at something that somebody says, but clearly it's just a bad jury joke. And just that body language, he does this all throughout the movie where it's just almost his body language speaks better than you know his words so mm -hmm. i thought it was fantastic there and them two react you know their scenes together are just Ooh, amazing yeah. i think the back and forth the conversation that they have about him going to the party was my favorite conversation in the whole movie i mean they're basically like butting heads in the most polite and yet passive aggressive <laughs> way possible yeah. mm -hmm. but uh, i don't know i just thought anybody who appreciates natural acting the way that you know we all do when we look at movies just pay attention to that scene and look at their back and forth it is it is so flawless to me mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i can't remember i don't think tony collette was up for any awards for this movie and i think that uh. was a big uh big thing of the oscars that year of like one of the biggest <laughs> snubs was the fact that she wasn't at least nominated for best actress doesn't that just make you so mad yeah, I mean that just goes it makes back me to mad. yeah, because that just goes back to you know talking about like you know horror or whatever you want to call it, you know, not getting the credit really deserves. Yeah, yeah, I mean she she is great in this movie. She, I mean, she she covers the spectrum from so many emotions in this movie. It's fucking crazy. Um, and, and I think the dad is solid. You know, he's he's Greg said he's just kind of there trying to get by. You know, I mean, I can't <laughs> believe you know we talk a lot about like outtakes of movies we wish we could see. I really would want to see the dad like losing his shit somewhere, being like, oh my god, like. How did yeah. I, how did I get into this situation? Like, this is fucking crazy, <laughs> you know? Um, but I mean, the, the son, I feel like he's great in so many scenes, but for some reason, like when he cries, when he, I like, knew it, when he, blubber, it. <laughs> when he blubber cries, not when he cries, because there's, there's a lot of scenes where the camera's just on his face and he has like a single tear or his eyes are watery and those are fucking flawless. But when he like blubber cries in some scenes, I'm like, oh, like that. It just felt so weird to me. Like, like the, the acting is so like on point. You're looking like a thousand. So when those scenes happen, it feels odd because it's like, oh, that's like an 80. Like, why? You know that you, you agree with me, Laura? Do you think so? Or? It's I must agree with you because watching it and this was my second watch. So, you know, I have time to kind of think about things a little bit better. Not having that shock of that first watch. I, I absolutely knew you were going to bring this up yeah and although it was weird to hear and i'll try to imitate it it literally was like ah, yeah. it was it was like yeah. that mm -hmm. as weird as it was i also think it i actually think it was a choice because <laughs> well, he a choice, is yeah. a he's like a senior in high school right so maybe he's what 17 maybe 18 yeah, even i don't like know mm -hmm. so that's not typical it's just stereotypically you don't hear a 17 year old boy sound like a baby cry like yeah. that <laughs> yeah. and so i think that um it was a choice almost like this kid has been through so much shit he literally just folds his head into a parent the dad yeah. and cries like that and it's it's kind of to me just showing you that 
he almost reverts back to being a very young child in these moments because it's just things that are happening are so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could agree with that, but it's just, yeah, it's just, like I said, coming from, like, the best acting I've seen in, in a movie in a long time. So, like, when that scene happens, it just, it throws you off because you're like, wait, like, that doesn't seem like a great take. Like, you know what I mean? If, if everybody's acting was, like, mediocre, then I feel like it would be, like, you wouldn't even notice it because it would be just kind of going with the par of the course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just stood out to me as, like, oh, wow. Like, I could have went to, like, a comedy club and they could have been, like, you know, or, or, like, an improv night. And somebody was, like, okay, give me, like, what a guy's laughing sounds like or crying. And they would have been, like, <laughs> and it's, like, it would have <laughs> sounded just like that, you know? So that was the only part or the only part where I was, like, ooh, like, that sounded odd to me. What do you think, Greg? Where are you at with the crying? Yeah, it's it's a little bit odd. But, uh, again, it's it's what you tell yourself in those moments. And I, I, I feel like I align more with Laura where – you go look at what he experienced. You're just gonna uncontrollably let it out. I think he even calls his mother mommy at some point. I mean, when he you're breaking does. down, and yeah, he's in this he's in this situation where he's trying to be a rebellious teenager and be independent. Yet he's again, you know, under the control and authority and supervision of his parents. So he's gonna have these uh, these childish, I guess you could call them childish adolescent moments. Um, and you can tell that he tries to be forceful, but then when his mom like puts him in his place and he reverts back to that, that child, I mean, that dinner table scene, hmm. I, I love it when he, he kind of, uh, gets in her face and yells and then she gets pissed off and she's like, all I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. Oh, I laughed so hard on that. Scene. that <laughs> and then great. he, he kind of like, he took, becomes like a turtle, you know, and he, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of okay. like goes like I mean he turtles you know into his seat to where he goes wow she blew up on me so I mean like again you have to imagine that he's bouncing back and forth between these emotions and he's still young so I don't know I I that blubbering crying I it was a little bit weird but I bought into it yeah okay well maybe you cry like that Greg I don't know we'll see you next time yeah uh, <laughs> I'm just excited I'm gonna use I turtled into my seat in so many conversations now. <laughs> just turtle right on into that seat yeah yeah i mean before we move on i, I do want to shout out uh what's the little what's the young girl's name uh, Char- uh charlie but the yeah. actress i forget her her oh uh, millie shapiro yeah she like you said laura she's not in a lot of this movie no you know uh i mean her her head makes multiple appearances after but uh you know she is super solid for just kind of like what she does you know mm-hmm. um but kind of very similar to you guys remember we reviewed mama back in the day Yep. And uh, the little girls in that movie were like legit, but they like didn't talk. It was like all like facial expressions mm, and like yes. what they did with their bodies. And I mean, I feel like she's on par with that. There's one scene where uh, the little girl has the bird head like Laura has tonight and she's going in the field and Tony Collette like yells at her from behind like Charlie. And the way Charlie's face like it's like, oh, shit, like I'm in trouble, but I'm scared. Mm. I was like, damn, that was a good like facial take yeah. you know like wow that was a great reaction you know um right. so i definitely have to shout her out you know she's solid in this movie you know totally. um but let, let's get into let's get into the fucked up stuff let's get into what people i think want to <laughs> talk about we've been kind of waiting a bit here but uh let's get into like the horrorish elements so do you guys want to spot out do you want to start i mean i think i know where we all want to start you know maybe greg wants to get a little head start uh what do, what do you think greg <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that. That was a good one. What do you think, Greg? You wanna you wanna go first? You can't talk about hereditary without talking about what I'm gonna call as the incident. Mm. It's yeah. it's it's the it's the hinge point. And I think the thing that almost defines this movie, anybody when I saw it for the first time, it's the thing that's almost stuck with me the most, with the exception of maybe the last five minutes of the movie. But you know, obviously the um the son has to take his uh take his sister along to the party with him she she gets a hold of uh, some brownies and she has a nut allergy so she starts to to suffocate because she doesn't have her EpiPen and he has to you know eject from this party with her and try to find a hospital and um you know while he's on you know trying to get home he sees a deer in the middle of the road he has to swerve and she's putting her head, and this is where the references to Rob, you're talking about head out the window. She puts her head out the window to try to breathe and get air. And as he's swerving, they run into a utility pole on the side of the road. And there goes her head. And it's 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 the most, I don't know, like violent and real and raw scene uh, that, that I've seen in, in a horror movie, I think. And it's not just because of that moment itself, but... It's the whole, it's the whole scene. Oof, you you got to yeah. take it as a whole. I mean, just first of all, after hearing the struggle, the struggling choking sounds of, of Charlie mm. in the back seat, that whole car ride, and then suddenly the silence, mm. I'll never forget that. I mean, he puts the brakes on and then you just don't hear her anymore in the back. And that just like shook me. And then he starts to slightly glance in the rear view mirror and then to see what had happened after you know he, he knows and he can't get himself to look at what had happened then something else i noticed in my second watch was you know right when this happened and he's just sitting there by himself in the silence off in the far distance you can see these cars on the highway and i didn't realize that this part really got to me because it reminded me of just how absolutely you know terrifying how crippling tragedy can really strike any of us like at any moment right and then in that moment unfortunately we're just absolutely alone with that moment while the world around us just keeps moving without a single mm -hmm. care it reminded me of when we were talking about um i know what you did last summer that scene where she's getting killed in the alley next to the parade and why that is so shocking because it's like nobody knows and there's horrifying things happening but the world seems to move on and you're just so far from that seeing like the cars off in the distance while he's sitting in the car in silence as this has hit him was just it's crazy and then we're here in this dead silent car with him for like a full minute and a half nothing is happening he's just sitting in the in the driver's seat and you as a viewer are feeling that aftermath with him and he doesn't know what to do and he just drives off and, and he goes to the house and i mean of wow. course the almost worse is is the next morning yep right because it's <laughs> totally worse it's worse it, it, it's worse he go he goes home he doesn't do anything with the back seat because he's so horrified he goes up to his room and he falls asleep and it's like he, actually he doesn't fall asleep i think he stays up the whole night but the camera you're fixed on his face laying in bed and then you see it turn to day and then you can i mean you're almost tracking the scene in your mind downstairs as it's unfolding you can hear the talking of his mom and dad. They're in the kitchen or something, very jovially talking to each other, like murmurs. They don't know what happened. And then you hear the mom's footsteps walk towards the car off in the distance. And the whole time the camera's just stuck, fixated on his emotionless, cold face while he's laying in bed. And then, of course, 
you just hear the most Tony Collette's most blood curdling scream because you, like I said, you're imagining what is happening downstairs as she discovers the the body of her daughter, you know, headless daughter in the back of the car. It's just, it's it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Laura? What do you what do you think about that scene? I mean, me and Greg have sons, so I don't know if that makes a difference. But Laura actually has a daughter. If that makes uh, it worse or not, but uh. Jesus. You know, I'm just right. saying, you know, like I brought my child on this episode, so you know, uh what do you what do you think, Laura? Yeah, and we're all cursed now, according to Ari Aster, so oh, that was a true. bold move. No. I know. Shit. So a little story about my first watch. Uh, I, I watch most horror movies and I don't need to be spoiled, but something that I think I talked about a while back was that you know, in the last few years, if I was ever so horrified by the idea of a movie. I know a lot of people, and I've done this myself, will just Google it and Google the plot because it's almost like if I read about it and I'm able to know what to expect, I, I'll be able to handle it better. You know what's happening. This was a movie I did that with because I had just heard that it was so fucked up and crazy, and I was so scared to see it. But I really, as a horror fan, I really wanted to watch it. And so I needed to know what to expect. And so I read the whole plot before I ever saw this movie. Wow. And mind you, that would normally ruin a movie. It did not ruin it for me because I think this movie is so intense and insane. And I actually think if I hadn't have read those things, I might have literally passed out or needed to <laughs> seek some help after it. I, I don't know. I'm being serious. Like, I don't think I would have handled it well. But didn't that make you anxious made, when you it, saw them in the car because you were anticipating yes. what was going to happen? Mm. So my first watch, I made Brooks watch it with me, my husband. And uh, as soon as she was in the car, I was like, okay, this is where she gets decapitated. And I, I'm telling my husband this. He's like, okay, great. And like, he's spoiled. He doesn't care. And I'm like, I can't watch. Mm -hmm. So wow. I didn't, my first watch, I did not watch the incident. But it's worse because when you take away the visual, you can oh. hear things better. Yeah. And so it, it, it it definitely made her choking more intense and it seemed like it was taking forever. And then when it happened, I heard the sound, yeah. which I don't know if I would have caught that. And then I was just looking at Brooks's face and he was just horrified. <laughs> and then he was like, they're not really showing it. So like you can watch. And then I go back and it was the aftermath. I mean, yeah, I won't stay on the same incident this whole episode, but it was the aftermath. It was watching, like you said, Greg, watching his face, reacting to it. And then what I wasn't expecting, what you can't read from a plot point on Wikipedia is how Tony Collette was going to react to it and the mm -hmm. sounds. And then all the scenes after that, which I was not expecting, like where she is literally rocking on her floor saying, I want to die, I want to die, I want to yeah. die. I mean, it's that that really messed me up. And, but I will say the second watch, uh, which I just did for this episode, I watched everything. I did not close my eyes. So I, I did watch the incident. And yeah, what I really, what I also wanted to talk to you guys about, especially Greg, was just this, since it was both our second time watching this movie, was did it get a little easier to watch? For me, it's still real hard to, to stomach. But I will say that I think after the first watch, I said, that's a one and done movie. I will always say you got to watch it. Yeah, that's I, what I, I said too. I like it. And then the second watch, while I was in it, I was like, fuck, I, I don't know how you can watch this movie again. But I, now that I've watched it a second time, I think if I had a friend who had never seen it and was interested, 
I would easily sit down and watch this again with them. Wow. So, yeah. I, I think I've derailed from your question, Rob. I'm sorry, but I just, I'm just flowing with the conversation. Yeah. I don't even remember what my question was. Yeah. Uh, just like <laughs> the horror-ish. So, I mean, yeah, the incident's <laughs> the worst. I would say the middle of the movie has its moments. It's probably bad in terms of just the emotions and the family drama and the sounds and some weird things that happen here and there. And then you get to the end and that's when shit is real fucked up again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like by then I was a little desensitized because so much mm -hmm. crazy does happen in this movie that seeing a bunch of like decapitated people didn't scare me anymore. Mm -hmm. But the scene that I want to point out is when Charlie's spirit goes into her mom and you see it, it's like, you see her just go and you know, that's it. And then she starts floating all around the ceiling, like Beetlejuice, super funny. <laughs> Beetlejuice. But, but Greg, Greg's there, he's at the house tipping, tipping some strippers. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, shake, shake. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the scene where she takes the piano wire mm. and starts cutting her fucking head off with the piano wire. And I don't know why I read the plot, but even on the first watch, I must have missed that part when I read the story because I was shocked by it. You thought she was playing. You thought she was playing a piano. Yeah, dude, <laughs> they it's just it's the directing. I mean, yeah. they focus on her doing that for so long. And yeah. I watched this before I watched Audition, which mm. has a very similar scene. Yeah. So for me, this was like, oh my God, are we going to literally watch her saw slowly with a wire through her neck until her head comes off? Yep, we are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she, and the whole time her face, her eyes are huge because she's possessed. So she's not reacting to the horror and the pain, which I know she's feeling. Right. To me, that that's up there with the incident. Really? Those to me, wow. I, I think that's one of the scariest scenes I've seen in any horror movie ever. It, I actually, I'll say that is the scariest scene I've ever seen in any movie in my life. That's like the scare, wow. but it's, it's not like a jump scare. It's just exactly. unner unnerving. Would yeah, you say? It, it doesn't always have to be a jump scare. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I definitely have to talk about the head scene. I mean, this was my first time watching this movie. I did watch it twice, mm -hmm. but uh, definitely the first time watching. I don't know what happened my first time watching this movie. Like, I don't know if I was desensitized or what, but like the first time watching this movie, like nothing like got to me. And it's not that because that makes it... me so irate for some reason. I know it's <laughs> ridiculous, but it makes me so mad. <laughs> yeah, we we have our we have our Discord where we chat, and Laura was like, "Oh, you guys, you're watching this like comment," and and Greg literally put like, "Oh my god, you know, second Fuck time this movie still still <laughs> fucked up or whatever." And I just put back like a like a gif of like interesting, hmm, you know. And Laura was just like, "Whatever you said, like that that's the not the right remark, you know." <laughs> Yeah, you used Rachel from Friends thinking. Like, yeah. Mm. yeah. Better than Ross, I guess, right? Yeah, better than Ross. Oh, that's if true, you had yeah. used Ross, that would have been a real. Yeah, oh, yeah that's true. I would have come for you. Yeah, it would have come for me, yeah. But uh, yeah, for, I don't know what it was like. Yeah, really watching this movie from the very beginning, I already spotted out the directing five seconds in. I'm like, whoa, like this is visually stunning. Cinematography is great. So, like, every scene you're talking about the incident, her hitting her head on the pole. 
I was more fascinated of like, wow, that sound effect was a really great sound. I was so fascinated <laughs> with, Lord. I was so fascinated and appreciative of like the filmmaking in these horrific scenes that I was not like in the moments. Does that, hmm. does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. You know, and even the shot, you guys didn't even mention this shot, which I'm so surprised. You guys didn't mention the shot of her actual head with the ants on it oh, and it's yeah. on the well, street later. Why yeah. I mention it? It's so gross. <laughs> because it, it, to me, it's very similar to that Midsommar shot where, you know, they finally show the crushed head. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? And and because I remember Midsommar when we did it, Laura was like, oh, they're not going to show it. And I'm like, oh, shit, they showed it. And it was like right. a surprise. Um, but that same thing too is like in that scene where her head is laying on the ground, there's ants all over it. My mind in the first watch was like, wow, that lighting is really great. You know oh, what I mean? Rob, it was so You have problems. God, you and you have problems. <laughs> Me and Ari need to go hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just so weird my first watch of this movie, but I do have to say I did watch it a second time. I watched it a second time and, and it, it hit me a lot harder the second time. Interesting. Because I, I knew what happened the first time. The first time I watched it, I even talked with my wife of like like I was like the sensitizes first watch. Like I know something's wrong. Like I need to watch it again and really like lean into like the movie and watch it for the movie, not for the cinematography. You know, um, so definitely the second time it hit me all the stuff. I mean, the, the scene, I don't, it's, it's weird to think what gets me and what doesn't, or what makes me feel things like yeah. her, her getting her head knocked off and this and that, like it got me, but I was kind of like, all right, you know, for some reason, the first, she's a girl, so no, it's fine. No, don't start. Don't start that, Laura. Don't start that. Don't start that. Yeah. Um, the, for some reason, the scene, the thing that got me, was when she's struggling to breathe and he's carrying her out the party and he's carrying her like like a baby like she's wrapped around yeah. him with her arms and her legs for some reason like i carry my son like that like it's so yeah. for some reason that hit me with a connection of like mm. oh my god like that's my son i'm carrying him he can't there breathe so like yeah. that that hit me in that moment and then of course then you go into yeah. the head so like there was uh, that thing that kind of gave me that connection to where i did feel it um, from that point on. So I'm glad I had that one thing that got me into it to really like place myself in this movie. Cause it wasn't for that. Then I would have just been like, wow, like how many ants are on that head? You know, like I was just like, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, other than that, I mean, I mean, I mean, to me, like the, one of the grossest ones, for some reason, the ant stuff really got me, but like, uh, the, <laughs> the one where there's all the ants and they're in the son's mouth and they're coming over his mm. face and, I don't like bugs crawling like on me and stuff like that. So like that gave me like the heebies. I was like, ugh, gross. You know what's funny? I just have to interrupt. I hate <laughs> bugs and I also get, you guys know this. I yeah. get the mm -hmm. heebie-jeebies too, but I think so many other crazy things happen in this movie that I've right. never seen that are so bad. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, I'll take ants. ants take yeah, bugs. like those other events set the baseline. Not not Rob's type of baseline, but yeah, like actual no. baseline. <laughs> but, An but, accurate baseline. Yeah. This is the thing is like, you know, growing up, we all have a variety of fears, right? Whether it's heights or bugs, like you said. Yeah. But the thing is, when you have when you have children, I think your number one fear automatically becomes something happens to your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is why it, it it can hit so close to home. And it's like the the and just the, the setup of this was absolutely not expected. I mean, 
No. One, we, and Robert, we already, we talked about this before, is that we already had a funeral service at the beginning of the movie. So a part of you thinks, oh, you know, you can't imagine that you'd be seeing another funeral yeah. service. So you kind of like deactivate from the, the grieving. You know, you think, oh, we're, we're, we're past it. Now we're trying to recover. But shh, they freaking do it again, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and of course, Charlie, she's so unique. She comes across as this, to me, a very central figure as the movie opens. She's got a very weird, like her mannerisms are unique. Everyone's, the cultists are paying attention to her at the at the funeral. And she just seems like an important character that's just going to lie last the whole movie um i mean and maybe she does in a way but i mean not well she's you... on the poster just like drew barrymore on scream oh, she's like true. yeah the main character on the poster it's like there oh and it's, it's it's so shocking and, and to answer your question laura i think the second time honestly when it happened again i was like watching it on my phone when the, the moment happened i kind of like looked up i i chickened out i looked up to the corner of the screen and just i didn't watch it um mm -hmm. but then i i watched it a third time and I was able, I was able to watch it, um, you know, just because of, of repetition, you're able to go through a little more, but it still doesn't change the fact that it's, it's, it's one of the most horrifying, uh, you know, moments in, in horror history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, those ones didn't get me that much. I don't know what's going on, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the one other one that did get me is when Tony Collette is like Spider-Man and she's like hanging into the corners of walls. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was so cool. Fucking, I love that. <laughs> that fucking got me. It's so fucking eerie when, when the kid sits up in his bed and he's like looking around it. And at first I didn't even notice her in the corner. The lighting, again, going back to lighting, the lighting was so good that it's like dark enough to where you're kind of having to squint. You could miss it. Yeah. yeah. And then, then you, you, I think she moves a little bit and you notice it. And I was like, holy, it like gave me like the chills. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like there's, there's someone there. Then she like scurries like out the door, like the Baba Duke. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is happening here? You know? Oh my God. They do in the beginning too, when Annie is looking through her mom mom's things and she looks up and she sees the grandma in the corner oh, it's that yeah. same ah, shadowy yeah. effect ah, that got yeah. me as well yeah yeah i mean there is like i mean for a movie that's mostly about like shock value imagery um there is like one legit jump scare and i think it's a really great thing it's another one where the mom is hanging in the living room uh, above him and he notices the dad which would talk about getting burned to death but uh you know whatever you know uh but uh he, what, whatever whatever you know <laughs> he, he should have pieced out a long time ago uh but uh you know what i mean like and then so like he then he goes to look up there and then she's gone of course then you notice some naked guy chilling on a doorway like with his wiener hanging out another thing ari aster loves to show um but then like then you cut back to like the the you know the living room and you don't even see her like in the corner like it's dark enough where she's hiding behind like a yeah. i couldn't tell if it was like a you know like a coat rack or something and then she just like pops out chasing him and that was another one where i was like oh it like made me jump and that was yes! that, that I'm was so a, happy that was a legit <laughs> you got jump scare where i was like whoa oh my god you know i remember i text my mom and i'm like hey don't don't hide in corners okay just don't do it mom you know um <laughs> but one other thing i didn't want to talk quickly about because and this is more about like my shit myself shovel uh when i when i end a movie uh there's a couple scenes in this movie where charlie is like kind of in the kid the the son's the, the son's room 
and it looks like he you know it's like it's like a it's like a coat on a chair with a hat on it and he he thinks it's her and and you know you have to do a double take is it her or not and stuff like that they do it multiple times in this movie so when i finish watching this movie i usually do my thing where i have to turn off the light and i got about a five second walk before i'm in the room (laughs) fuck i've never noticed it before but i turned off my light we have a coat rack right beside (laughs) like where i turn off the light i turned off the light and I like glance over and I instantly thought there was like a giant guy standing next to me. Oh, it was shit. so horrifying. I like, I literally like jumped like two feet to my left. I was like, Oh yes! my God. So oh, it was, wow. you know, and then I like turned, I turned the light back on. And of course it's my coat rack, which I've had here for over like five years, but it was just that exact thing where like a shadowy thing looks like something you don't think is there, but, uh, so it got me in that scene. It was fucking crazy. I'm so happy. It's taken us 69 <laughs> episodes. Lainey's favorite number. Oh 69 episodes to get here. Oh, Rob funny. is finally super freaked out about something. Yeah, I got, yes. got scared. Got scared from a coat rack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so oh, that's happy. funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's get into, I think, kind of like more of the end of this movie now. You know, let's get into like the pagan cult supernatural Mm. stuff like what's what's really going on with this whole movie you know it's kind of you get little bits here and there as you're watching like what's happening and stuff like that Uh, of course the ending is another thing but uh do any of you guys want to kind of start with that what do you what do you think laura what we learn at the end and i said this earlier i love that we're finding out what is happening with this family at the same time as these characters are Mm. i love that Mm -hmm. it's like a mystery i love it when movies do that it's a mystery for them it's a mystery for us anyway big fan of that what we find out is is that the grandma has been a part of this cult and they worship uh pay payman payman i still don't know how to say his name um panini, it's panini. not panini panunu bazuzu i don't know oh bazuzu uh, bazuki oh, oh wow We're, well I'll, I'll take a bazuki and a panini that's a pretty good meal there you go that sounds like a really yummy yeah, I like meal, it. Yeah. yeah uh it, it's not satan but it's like a a, a lesser like a being demon. Uh, yeah like under satan or something and apparently it's a big thing like there are cults out there that you know they they sell their souls so to speak to this paymon anyway so we find out that the grandma was more or less like the leader of this cult and like married him you know uh there are scenes where you see pictures of her in a wedding dress and they're throwing the gold coins oh Oh, is that what about that oh yeah huh and she's kind of in that wedding dress when at the end when her body's decapitated, like she's in kind of a oh, wedding dress. Right. Oh, um, wow. I didn't even make that connection. Me neither. Yeah. So she she like marry quote unquote marries payment payman. Can someone tell me how to say this? Because I don't know say payment. I think they say payment. Okay. Yeah. Let's say payment. Okay. Uh, and basically, she needs a male vessel for payment to be able to come and and be human. And if they, you know sell their soul to this payment and give him a vessel um he will then give them the opportunity to know everything and Mm. have all the riches and all the power and all of that so there's this cult and the grandma does not have a great relationship with her daughter who's tony collette and uh that's unfortunate because tony collette's first child was a son but they weren't on speaking terms when the son was young so Grandma kind of missed her opportunity with him. So what they did was as soon as she was pregnant with her second, which was a girl, Charlie, the grandma, you know, got back into the mom's life and they were trying to make it work, the relationship worked, and became very close with Charlie. 
And we find out at the end that Charlie, and I don't think Charlie ever realized this. I don't think she was like in the know, but Charlie had payment inside of her, her entire life and mm. was a temporary vessel until they could get what they wanted, which was Peter. You know, Payman wants a male body. And so Ann Dowd's character explains this at the end, like, okay, Charlie. Yeah. You know, she's talking to Charlie, but she's like, you are actually Payman, and now you're in the right vessel. Now you're in Peter. And I, it's just mind blowing. I mean, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, because that's like the parts I was kind of confused on of like, wait, like, was she, was Charlie just Payman the whole time? Or is it actually just Charlie and he's like somewhere chilling in there? He's in there, but I I believe she did not know. I think she there were there were signs, right? Like she was writing things on walls and she was obviously interested in taxidermy or whatever she was doing. I don't know what the birds, but one thing that really grossed me out, maybe just as a female, but you know, they don't even talk about this, but um there's a diorama of Tony Collette as a brand new oh, mom. Is this the breastfeeding? The breastfeeding? Yes. The breastfeeding? Yeah. And grandma offered her breast to baby Charlie. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, oh, I, I, th I thought, I thought maybe that weird. was, I thought maybe that was the moment where like the demon or deity like got in. Could you know what that's, I mean? how, that's how I took Could that. I, yeah. I took that as like, you know, basically Charlie or rather her spirit or her essence or her consciousness or whatever. It has always since the moment that she was born and the grandma like nurtured her, um, nursed her, she, nursed her. You could just say she, Charlie has always been like the earthly version of, of, of payment. Yeah. So, I mean, but maybe, you know, because payment is trapped in like a female body. I don't I think he can't that, thrive. I, he can't yeah, he be can't thrive. He he, I don't even be. think maybe he even realized who he was. So he didn't really have like the full power to exist on Earth yet as like a, a ruling demon. So yeah. instead, he was sort of like blunted, right? So that kind of like explains how Charlie was so detached. She's lost. It makes sense. She's not her own person. She's lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like it, it was the cult's intent to have Charlie's, like you said, body just to serve as like a temporary host or that's shell, cool. yeah. and then when the time was right to transfer that essence, you know, of, of payment to like a, a male body. So that's when they were they started to target um you know peter at yeah. some point so yeah it, it's really crazy like i i was definitely surprised like the thing is like there's so much crazy stuff going on the, the whole movie you really can't make ends meet um but i i i actually appreciated how they kind of like they brought it together at the end and you realize you know like the deaths that have happened in the movie it's not imaginary and it's not by accident it's literally an executed conspiracy by this yeah. demonic cult yeah. to provide you know a, a male human host uh for this you know demon ruler of hell to you know be on earth so that they can like you said get riches get knowledge it's almost like a we bring you here and then you make us your number one servants or whatever yeah. it's really crazy yeah because it was planned it was planned from the very beginning you know yeah. for the past yeah. whatever 12 13 years however old she is because that's like the whole thing with like the pole she hits her head on like the symbol As, is yeah. there i didn't yeah. notice that until my my second watch yeah which is crazy it's still crazy to think like like how you know what i mean like how did that even like how did they even affect that you know what i mean like uh, it's just it's crazy to think about yeah this whole thing was planned and this and that you know um and yeah. even like you know charlie chopping off the head of the bird like was that that is that like she of, knew her fate right? she knew kind her of? fate 
Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I think I think uh, Ari Aster is, is kind of obsessed with heads and like heads. <laughs> what do you call it? Like a head. Like, like dicks? Dickheads? <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, look at look at Midsommar. Like, there's heads all over the place. And there's dicks. Yeah. Yeah. There's dicks. Yeah. 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 There's something there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Hey, yeah. I'm all about it. Not that I actually want to see, like, an old man dick. I don't. But I appreciate it because <laughs> I've spent my life, you know, my however many years, like, watching boobies in every movie I, I've ever seen. So it's like. Oh, it's a good right. change of pace for you. That's an equal upper nudist. Yeah. 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 Equal opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that might be the best dad joke we've there had. Go. That's that was good. Well, I, I brought my son on my kin, so there we go. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dang, I, I don't know. I mean, is there any else you want to talk about as far as like the cult stuff goes? I mean, it's just it's crazy to think like I mean, like uh, like we said, Ari Aster had been planning this movie. He knew everything years ahead of time. It's mm-hmm. so well shot and planned out and. So, like, that's why, like, all these things that you reveal in the last 30 minutes, like, all the threads are connected to, like, what you see in the beginning. So, it's so well written and structured that I think it all works. Everything has a payoff, um, I believe, in this movie. We we haven't even talked about the whole, like, you know, the the son getting, like, possessed in the school when he hit his face and all that. And that scene is, oh, man. Or the lady across the street. I mean, yelling, Peter, I expel you. Get out. Like, she, I mean, like, that's, that was crazy to me because it was like she was literally trying to force Peter out of his own body so that payment could enter. I mean, it's almost like the cult is always surrounding the family and trying to influence it in some way. They have always been. Charlie sees one of them at the beginning, is not even scared of them. Like, she, it just shows you that they have literally been almost, in my mind, circling their home. Yes. For, like, 13 years. Just, it's crazy. Yeah, because the the creepy guy that's smiling at her in the funeral is the naked guy in the doorway, right? I think he is. He looks the same. He got that same fucking grin on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's so happy with himself. (laughs) Like, he did something. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, I don't know. He's butt naked. I guess I don't know if that's happier or whatever, but... uh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I know Greg I, didn't. I was gonna say I know Greg. You want to talk a little bit about the naked people, don't you? Don't you want to talk about that a little bit? You know, we were talking about this earlier. There's that scene where right before the last scene, when it goes from day to night, there's a split second where you see all of the cultists actually. You know, from the zoomed yeah. out view, they're just surrounding the house, and if you blink, you'll miss it. Yeah. But if you just you pay attention, it is yeah, just so creepy. Yeah, all naked. I don't know why they got to be fucking naked. What is that? I mean, get a fucking well, get a get a pine cone in your ass. What the hell is happening? Well, yeah. So I mean, I the some of the only bad reviews or not even bad, but complaints that I've read online about this movie are all about the end and why is like half of them naked, half of them not? Why does it have to be naked? How come half of them are beheaded and half of them? Aren't? Oh, we we were talking about this, Rob. They we we <laughs> suspect there's like a a membership program to where if you're on like the free tier, you know, where you're not paying your dues, <laughs> you have to stay out in the woods like naked. Or you know, if you're in the gold program, that's where you yeah. get into the warm treehouse and you get like get a rose. Yeah. yeah, and you get like first dibs on on riches. And, well, which one's and the beheading tier? <laughs> well, that's when you when you're late on your on your payments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your payments, payments. Oh. <laughs> I did it, guys. Oh, I did it. Good, Good job, job Laura. Yeah, but you know what I think it is though is going to that complaint. I, clearly, I'm like standing up for this movie. I think it's fifty fifty. I think fifty percent, and we saw nakedness 
a lot of nakedness and also just you know, it's the same type of elements in Midsommar. So I think I think Ari yeah. Aster knows what, for whatever reason, the shit gets most people. But yeah. you're not used to just seeing a bunch of naked people in a surrounding. That's that's <laughs> not what we're used to. So it it unnerves you. Yeah. So I do think 50% is like, he just knows what gets you. I actually don't think there is literally any reason for the beheadings. I, from what mm. I'm reading, like Payman doesn't have a thing with beheadings. So like- No, he does. Aster, Didn't you see the picture? Oh, well maybe he made it up, but there was a picture. In he the made up that, that part oh, for, for the movie. That's not actual real like lore. I, about. I was yeah. thinking, yeah, that illustration where he's literally holding three heads in his hand. But yeah, I guess maybe he invented that. Huh? Well, then that hmm. makes sense. But my other thing is, is I, I do think like some of them being naked and some of them being robed makes sense because the grandma had on her old wedding dress. Okay. And mm -hmm. I mean, Tony Collette, she was in her nightgown. So I guess that stayed because what is she going to do? But I've seen complaints like, well, how come all these extras are naked, but Anne Dowd isn't? And I see it as grandma's gone. She's the new leader. So maybe she's the new mm -hmm. wife of Payman. Like she's the one that's talking at the end and kind of yeah. explaining everything. So that's why I think she right. is robed and no one else is. I know? don't know. I, I don't mind seeing naked people <laughs> standing around, but just don't be grinning like a motherfucker. Like you're, but it gets you. So why not? It's super unnerving. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the In grin. the shadows, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sh shine a light. Shine a light. So you'd rather it. watch them just all be naked in Midsommar pushing his butt, you know? That's <laughs> oh. Better for you. <laughs> I was less less uncomfortable in that scene than I was with that creepy guy in the doorway smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least in Midsommar, you knew the intent. You knew what was going to go down. That guy in the creepy corner in the doorway, I don't know what's on his mind. <laughs> you know? No, it's because you're used to seeing a bunch of naked women and you're mm -hmm. not used to seeing a naked dude on film. Yeah. All right. We, we spent enough time on the nakedness of this fucking movie. <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. We that's gotta true. Talk that's true. Better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, I guess let's get to the ending. Then. Let's get to the ending of this movie. Uh, Laura, you want to set up the ending? Yeah. So ending, ending. I'll just go through it real quick. Uh, at this point, obviously, Charlie's dead. Uh, Tony Collette gets possessed by Payman, Charlie, and decapitates herself. She dies. The dad dies because um, he, you know, Tony Collette's character is connected to this book, which also is like an object vessel, like, you know, connected to Payman. And she thought that if it goes in the fire, she'll die, no problem. But the dad grabs it, throws it in the fire, and then the dad just, he's done. He burns yeah. to a crisp. So, you know, they're all dead. And at this point, you're like, what the fuck? And at this point, Peter is seeing all of this and he decides he sees the naked people in his house and he's like, uh, I'm done. <laughs> so he jumps out the window to what he thinks and hopes will be his demise. It is not because Peter just expelled Peter from his body and allowed him to be an empty vessel for payment to finally come into, which mm -hmm. he does. And then at that point, you have a really confused Peter, but really it's just a confused Payman who then goes into the clubhouse where everyone is waiting. Uh, most are naked, some are not. Some are beheaded, some are not. It's it's kind of a, you know, different level tiers, as these guys said. You don't know. Yeah. Everyone's a little. Yeah, they need a platinum membership. Yeah. And uh, and Dowd's character explains to him, like, you are Payman and we are your servants, more or less. And you're here you're finally in your male vessel that's taken this long and they mm -hmm. crown him and they all headless and not bow down 
and that is literally how it ends <laughs> yeah yeah it's very it's very similar with like the midsomar shot of like it ends like you know just a zoom in on like the main actor actress's face you know and just yeah. kind of cuts the black from there you know at least i mean payment didn't have a little smile but you know uh he was he was there though uh yeah i mean what, yeah. what do you think greg what do you think about the ending ending minus you know uh the tier levels of nakedness uh what do you think greg <laughs> uh it's it was really uh it's very shocking and surprising for i think your first time because you're just not expecting it and they just ramp it up it's like things got things escalate so fast and to be honest with you you know i i've talked about this with you guys how i love how movies will come full circle and like button up very nicely and kind of have like okay well here's a problem and here's how it's solved but the way that they did this ending was such a departure from how they began the movie it, it almost has like nothing to do with the beginning of the movie in, in some way so i found myself actually kind of appreciating the fact that this movie isn't about a conflict and a resolution there it doesn't have that there is no mm. up and down curve mm -hmm. which is realistic i mean sometimes there are no happy endings then this is one of them um you know it, it ends with the cultist summoning the demon i mean you don't get to see whether or not they succeed actually which i i'm assuming they do but but i think that's kind of the most interesting part it's like it's hinting to you that the most relevant part of the story is like the unveiling of the conspiracy itself and like this whole orchestrated sequence of events. So it's like focusing on that part at the end, you know, I felt myself like looking back in my mind at the movie, you know, and all the breadcrumbs, you know, they lay before you and kind of piecing it together like, oh, like an aha moment, right? So I, I like the end. I, I think if they had actually let out the demon at the end and shown it, it would have been kind of stupid as if like the whole purpose of the movie was to necessarily see payment, which it's not. Um, and I think it's that's why the movie is so good is because they he, he definitely is doing something that other movies don't do. And I you mm. got to give him that credit. So unique. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would I would have loved to see like the we would talk about like little outtakes of this and that of like, you know, you got you got Bill down there in the bushes naked yelling up like, did it work, guys? Did it work? Imagine and, if it didn't. They're like, hey, yeah, okay. it did it. Yeah. And then uh, what's your name? Joan, you know, yells down. No, it didn't work. And he's like, fuck, you know, <laughs> fucking no, that, <laughs> if it ended on a funny note like that, this movie would have been a five out of five. For you guys. <laughs> fucking Bill's like, what? I'm fucking naked on here didn't work shit you know i fucking oh, missed work today you know funny yeah yeah because like you said you don't you don't see it, it it's crazy to think like i actually want to know like i want a sequel actually because i want to see like oh. i want to see payment whatever his name is charlie parley whatever they want to call him now uh like roaming around like what's he gonna do is he just eating candy bars like what's he doing did he give them knowledge <laughs> I mean, I assume it's most fucking devil stories where I'm pretty sure right when he got his powers, he just obliterated all those people. You know what I mean? He's like, I don't need you. Yeah, thanks it thanks never, for the help. It never goes of like, I'm going to give you what you want. You don't get the riches. You don't get the knowledge. You get fucking obliterated. And right. then he's just going to decimate the world. So, but what about you, Laura? What did you think of the ending? Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I, <laughs> Again, I dislike so much about this movie because it's gross and scary and it freaks me out. I mean, even second watch, my anxiety was so high, like watching this movie. And even after I was like freaking out, like, oh, my God, what? Like, you know, looking around the house with the lights on, like, oh, my God, yeah. it's going to happen. But no, the ending totally worked for me. I mean, even little scenes leading up to where 
<laughs> you know, the grandma writes to the mom, like, I'm mm. sorry for everything that's like about to happen to you and your whole family, but it, oh, the like, it's going to be so worth it. Right. And just the fact that the grandma, like basically said, yeah, my family's done. I'm, I'm giving this demon my entire family. They're all going to die. And, but then it's so like, oh, but it's going to be so worth it. And fuck, I mean, that's exactly what happened, you know? Yeah, that's the key message Ugh. of like every cult, right? Is wow. like, it's, it, it's worth it, you know, what happens because we're all going to be, Ooh. you know, blessed with something, you know, some kind of riches or, or reward and it's all going to be worth it. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just had a funny image when Laura was talking about uh, being scared watching this movie of like she turns and her husband Brooks just naked in the doorway smiling. <laughs> That would be horrifying. It's like, oh, talk about a. He just clicks, yeah. That would be the biggest turn off ever. If there was like, I'm going down, and then he clicked, I'd be oh, like, I'm no. out. We're done. All right, so let's uh, let's see what we're gonna rate this movie. Yeah, let's see where we're gonna go here. Uh, so let's do one to five. Let's do uh, the obvious. How many naked random asses? Are you giving this? Movie? Oh shit! <laughs> you know how is it, am is I it... gonna explain quarters yeah. and halves? And, oh yeah, wow! Do, yeah, if you gotta do half a cheek, is it just a butthole? What is it gonna be, uh, Laura? So, what do you think, Laura? One to five. How many? Okay. Craig's <laughs> already done. How did you come up with this, Rob? Okay, just uh, kind of popped in my head. All right, I'm I'm kind of conflicted here because. Uh, I'm a fan of this movie. Uh, before we said a word to each other, I was coming in at a solid four. Wow. After talking, I'm like, maybe this needs to be a four and a half. But the thing with me is, is that I can't do that if there's another movie out there that I like more. And to me, even though it's a very different story, Midsommar and Hereditary kind of go hand in hand for me. He has a, a theme for sure in both that are similar. Yeah. And uh, Midsommar, after my adjustment, the more I watch Midsommar, the more I become utterly obsessed with it. And the last time I rated Midsommar, I gave it a 4.25. So I think I'm going to have to give this a 4.252. Same rating. Wow, exactly. 4.252? Like you added an extra no, two? <laughs> no, 4.25 <laughs> as well. Also, whatever. So okay, we've got okay. four fully naked butts. <laughs> and then we have um, a half a cheek. And you know what? Half a cheek. It's well, it's you see a half a cheek, maybe mm -hmm. the other half is buried in the dirt. And of that half cheek, half of that is bitten off by the fucking dog because it got something out of this oh, movie. Oh, no, nice. He got his vengeance a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Got a little bit of ass. So yeah, a, a, you know, a half of a half of a butt cheek. Oh wow. <laughs> what else am I supposed to do? I'm not gonna say it's a butthole, so no, sorry. Oh. I know you want me to say that, but yeah, I'm not doing that's it. what I was hoping you would go with, but no, you wouldn't go there. Uh but <laughs> all right, Greg, uh, what do you think? One to five, uh, how many naked random asses are you giving this movie? Naked random Laura, what did I give Midsomar? You gave Midsomar a four. I gave it a four? Mm-hmm. Man, I wanna bump up Midsomar actually. Personally, I, I I like Midsommar better than this. Yeah. Um, and it's weird. I I I align on so many of the th things that you said, Laura. I, the similarities between the two movies, and also, it's weird. Like when I when you finish watching it, at least me, I don't I don't like watch. I didn't like watching the movie. I didn't like watching it because of the content. Right. But you can't ignore the fact that it's just really well done. Um, so again, yeah, I again, it remind, reminded me a lot of Midsommar, especially because of this family 
dynamic, this personal aspect. It's like the movie is very grounded to begin with in the personal experience, the personal trauma, the personal horror, the family environment. Midsommar was that way, if you remember the beginning of the movie, which makes it, to me, feel very real and relatable. And then it dives into the supernatural stuff. I think this is why it's, it's the key that makes the movie so effective. It's first, you need to be concerned with the people then you can be concerned for what's happening around them. Mm -hmm. And I thought both, you know, movies hate to keep bringing Midsommar into it, but both movies do it very well. This one does it very well, as, um, uh, similar to the other movie. And I just, is very effective. I mean, <laughs> talking about, you know, old, naked, random asses. I mean, using elderly people as the demonic cultists was similar to how in Midsommar they use these, like, flowery, kind, gentle souls as cultists as well i mean you almost yeah. cannot imagine that senior citizens are capable of doing this it's like yeah. it's it's just that much more jarring but again you i'm just on the fence because like that early sequence with the with the daughter's death is just absolutely petrifying to me yeah so yeah i'm gonna give it um i i almost want i want to boost up my my midsummer rating we can talk about that l later but I would give this one also 4.25 random yeah. asses. So that's like four full asses. And then dog, maybe dog, like dog, a... dog. A dog ass? A dog ass? Like no, I'm freckle, saying like do freckle. it again. Like the dog did oh. it again. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's, he's taking a chomp. He's taking yeah. a chomp. There. So 4.25. It should have had payment go into the dog body. That would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So 4.25. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm going to have to be the same as you guys. Like, what was my rating for Midsommar? Because uh, I, I, you do kind of have to, like, place it in there because it's right. so similar. Same director. You gave it a 4. You gave Midsommar I gave it a 4. A that's four. what I thought. I thought I gave it a 4. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I think overall I probably have the most negatives of you guys, I think, in this movie. Uh, I, I I thought this movie did feel long. It did feel like a two-hour movie to me. You know, um, I, I thought they could have cut out certain things here and there in the beginning of this movie. I didn't need, you know, multiple scenes of a, another diorama or something like that. Maybe cut out one of those or cut out the, the dad. You can almost cut out the dad character in multiple scenes. Uh, I don't need to see him drinking his whiskey at his desk, writing an email. I don't need to see a couple scenes with Charlie, you know, in the beginning of this movie. I don't need I don't need the scene uh, with Joan yelling at Peter to get out of here while he's trying to eat his lunch. Like, really, ultimately, it didn't have anything to do with it because it didn't matter. So there's certain scenes I feel like could have been cut. I feel like you could have got to an hour, 45 minutes, even 150. I probably would have been a little bit happier. Spoken by the editor who's trying to get our episode. <laughs> I know, that's right. Yeah, gotta get, gotta get out of that. 145 is like the ideal <laughs> podcast length. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's my goal every week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I gotta go under, I gotta go under Midsommar then. I'm not gonna raise my Midsommar rating. I'm gonna go under, I'm gonna say three and a half then. I'm gonna go three and a half. Yeah, I'll do a, I'll do three full asses and then they got the smiling guy with his dick poking out the bottom or something like that, you know? <laughs> oh my god. A little bit of a half there, you know? <laughs> oh my god. I can't you believe go. you went there. <laughs> Laura, you gotta write it into the docket. I'm Put that in the docket. Put that, you, I like, in the docket. you guys, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't write these things down. I really well, don't. We gotta get that quality control then going again like my games. Yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get audited. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Alright, well there we go. You got what, four? You guys did what, four and a half? 4.25? 4.25 each. Four, yeah. And I got three and a half, so yeah, there you go. You know, not that Which, far but, off. Mm -hmm. By the way, Rob, did we? I just thought about did we um did we shout out some Amazon this episode yet? 
So we got Amazon as a sponsor, Amazon Music Unlimited. Uh, with Amazon Music Unlimited, listeners can get unlimited access to over 70 million songs, on-demand music, which is always ad-free, and they're able to listen uh, offline with unlimited skips. By signing up with our promo link, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days and can cancel any time. So go to getamazonmusic.com slash conjecturingpod to get started. Okay, I got to slow it down so I don't mess up. Uh, you know, I don't want to have a dick in my mouth. Uh, so, um, <laughs> and all that will be in the show notes. You can just click on it and, and go from there, you know, purchase some stuff online. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so that's it. That's it. That's our ratings. That's our review. You know, we'll see if uh, maybe a couple months from now we got some amendments from Greg or, or me or something like that, you know. Uh, we'll check that out. Uh, so next week, what are we doing next week? We're doing a 1988's Child's Play. This is Greg's pick. This is featuring uh, another conjecture spouse. Greg's wife's going to come on. Man, we were talking last night a little bit about... Uh, man, Laura, you missed all these conversations, Laura. You know, I mean, do you feel I feel, feel so sad? left out. Yeah. You do, right? Well, I, I have to ask, though, like, is, is Lindsay ready? Is she ready for this? Because this is big. She'll have to be. She'll have oh. to be. <laughs> wow. Okay. Of course, the, show must, the show must go on. The show comes say. first. Yeah. The show comes first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What did I, what did I miss? You're going to have to. Uh, I feel know. like, I feel like every time we hang out now, Greg, I gotta, we gotta put Laura on the phone so she can at least hear us or be part of the conversation or something like that. You know, <laughs> just record you guys hanging out and then I'll listen to it like a podcast. Oh, that's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. It'd be the Rob and Greg show. I like that. No. You know, nobody wants to listen to that. To that. Show. No. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> we need Laura to balance this out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. But that's going to be a f- super fun episode next week, you know, having, uh, you know, Greg's Greg's wife, Lindsay, conquer her. Would you say biggest fear, Greg? Would you say biggest yeah. fear is this movie? Yeah. This movie, Dolls, yep. all that shit. Wow. This is going to be crazy. I'm excited. Oh, I have not seen the original Child's Play in year. I mean, I can't I remember the last time I saw it. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, beyond that, you know, you can check out the rest of our schedule on Twitter and Instagram at Conjecture and Pod. Also, please remember, you know, keep sending us in Conjecture Choice picks. You know, keep them ringing so we can keep uh, reviewing new movies that we've never heard of before, like Innkeepers uh, we did uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is a super fun, quirky movie. Uh, are you finally over, uh, Laura, the age of those characters in that movie? The 70-year-old man and 16-year-old girl? I haven't thought about it once until you brought you it haven't? up again. So That's it. Yeah, you're, oh, you're angry again? Well, no, I'm angry because you keep saying he's 70-something. I've never said that. I never you, once said that. The age gets a- I said there was an episode, age gap, but you kept bumping him up, oh, and now he's geriatric. <laughs> and I never said that. He's geriatric. She's like a child now. Yeah, I know. That's quite true. Yeah, yeah. Ari Aster's going to make a movie about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, yeah. Oh, Keep sending us those pics. So you can uh, you can send us email, conjecturingpod at Gmail, Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod, or hit us up on our website, uh, podpage.com slash conjecturingpod. Uh, also, like we're all wearing our merch right now, please check out our merch, uh, uh, tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturingpod. Uh, lastly, please remember to subscribe rate review our podcast wherever you're listening to it on and check out the other slash and cast uh podcast uh shows on uh, the network slash and cast dot network uh so that's it from the gold room tonight this has been the conjecturing i've been rob <laughs> stop it and greg <laughs> all right until next time remember horror subjectives of conjecture way see ya bye bye guys
Let's <laughs> <laughs> have a little beatbox session going on right there. To the tap, tap, tap that ass. But oh my god, you're recording. <laughs> I'm recording now. Nice. There's the end sound bite.